or should I begin? Can we talk about this? Wait, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 on and on and on. Over there. No. I don't know. One, two, cha-cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha. Prepare yourself. Okay. For Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate. <laughs> stimulating. Yeah. Hit you right in the... <laughs> there you go. We start becoming a team... This is the Craig Collins Show. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig. Hey there. Craig Collins Show. AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you guys until 6 o'clock this evening. Uh, after me, you're going to get some coaches show um, from uh, Coach Galipsy And then, Galipsy. And then um, after that, you will get... Uh, Typical programming from the the Dave Ramsey, etc. Uh, but the women will start their tourney in just a few days. I was actually down at the uh, the uh, Missouri Valley Conference tournament that took place in uh, St. Louis the past few days. That was a lot of fun. And I, I had planned on talking about that out of the gate. But honestly, I just want to ask a question. I just want to throw it out there to the world. I just asked it to Mark Strauss, and uh, his answer didn't really surprise me. But I'm, I'm curious now, now that we're... Weeks and weeks into coronavirus. And by the way, I think at some point on my show today, I'm going to do an hour of completely coronavirus-free topics. I'm not going to talk about it at all. Uh, Prepping a radio show right now. If you were a guy asked to, hey, come up with things to talk about on television or radio, uh, and you were asked to do that, you know, this morning, uh, a guy or girl, whoever, uh, asked to do this, it's coronavirus-heavy. When you go out there and look for stories, there are a lot of things, and I get it. I get the fear um, in in the you know unknown of it all, I get the fear and the fact that at least right now the reported uh, death percentage, which isn't accurate by the way, it's just a reflection of the amount of cases we currently have uh, that we know about and the amount of people who've passed away. It's not the mortality rate, which is the likelihood if you were to get an illness that you die from it, but the death rate for coronavirus is a little over three uh, percent. Just for comparison's sake, uh, flu which, again, this would actually be the mortality rate is 0.1%. That means of all the people that get the flu, only 0.1% of people um, are, you know, as serious to to lose their lives fighting the flu. So I think that as we go here, and I've said this several times on the show, we'll find out the actual mortality rate for the coronavirus, and it's tremendously likely, almost entirely likely, I think almost 100% likely, to be lower than whatever the death rate numbers we have out there right now are, because there's going to be a lot of cases that go unreported, a lot of people that have mild symptoms. Um, but here, this is the question. I want to know, 829-2345 from Bloomington Normal, are you scared? Have you been scared? Or more importantly, the main question, are you scared now? Is this the kind of thing where you're starting to take precautions? Are you going to you know, stores? Are you going to wherever, buying at least hand sanitizer? Uh, which, by the way, if you live in New York, now they have a state-branded version, uh, which uh, Andrew Cuomo is very proud of. I might play that audio later. But I just want to know. I'm just, I'm legitimately curious, now that we've heard the story about the the traveler that went through Bloomington, didn't get off the train, didn't, didn't interact with anyone here. There's still no cases locally here. Uh, but there was a woman who was tested positive for coronavirus that took a train from Chicago to St. Louis. <laughs> and again, you might notice I was in St. Louis. I was in D.C., uh, and I almost went to CPAC, which if you don't know what that is, that's a, a conference uh, that happens at the end of February there. But I was in D.C. for some stuff. I, I got invited both days that I was there, Thursday and Friday, 
decided against it both times because I just had other stuff uh, going on. But there were there were people that wanted me to swing by. And uh, now we're hearing reports that there might have been an infected individual out of New Jersey. Not me. I am born in New Jersey, but that, not that guy. Someone currently living there who went to CPAC, who interacted with Ted Cruz and several other people. I saw that uh, a lot of different news organizations in D.C. are asking anyone that covered the event to self-quarantine. Um, and again, it's like a 14-day quarantine for anyone that attempts to do this. Uh, there's there's so many stories about coronavirus today. There's a dad who broke a quarantine to go to a, a father-daughter dance and may have put everyone at his high school, his daughter's school, at risk um, because they have a family member that has it. There's just so many of these stories I found um, and could talk about, but that's less important than are you scared? 829-2345. Is this something that concerns you? And certainly, if you're in a a group of people that is more likely to be at risk of serious illness from coronavirus, that would be the elderly or people who are amino, amino, uh, immunocompromised. I think I said that right. It took me three tries. Uh, but anyone who has an illness or something that, that wreaks havoc on their immune system. Uh, pe- but you were, you were, let me say this too, if you are in those groups, you were at risk of having a serious reaction to getting the flu, which means that there's probably a lot of precautions you would take around this time of year anyway, uh, things that are recommended to protect yourself from coronavirus, from COVID-19, which we probably should all start calling it. I noticed our newsroom is doing a really great job of now using COVID-19 uh, because coronavirus is a term that actually talks about several different viruses, including SARS, including all the ones uh, that have been, you know, talked about and you you know more about from the past, uh, as well as this one. COVID-19 is the newest form. Um, and, and a lot of information, we'll just, we'll know more of it as we go. Uh, but throughout the show today, and at some point, I'm going to take a whole hour off and just not talk about it at all. But I'd love to have uh, calls, 829-2345. That's 309-829-2345. Are you getting scared? Uh, I saw a study that in the United States in general, we are starting to get more and more uh, fearful of it. Uh, certainly places like Washington that have had a lot of cases, including a, a nursing home that came down with it and several people that lost their lives there. Um, it makes sense if you're a little more weary in that area. California and New York, both state of emergency places now for the amount of of uh, infections more so than any the amount of uh, deaths, the amount of fatalities from coronavirus. Uh, but seriously, if you pop down right now, like go to your favorite news source and just look at all the trending stories. And if I were to judge based on all the places I go to prep for uh, preparing for a radio show like this one, Coronavirus is the absolute top of mind for every single one of us. Um, and I, I don't know the best way to articulate this, but it shouldn't be. Uh, not saying that you shouldn't take precautions. You shouldn't here and or nationally, wherever. Uh, you shouldn't do everything you can to prevent yourself from getting sick. But that was true before we knew coronavirus was a thing. That was just as true during flu season, we have McLean County Health Department on, and they talk about those things. They talk about washing your hands, you know, uh, keeping yourself maybe away from a sick coworker, or if you get sick, maybe staying out of work. Uh, all that stuff was already widely reported. Just because there's a new and, and less understood illness out there doesn't mean that really all that much is different, except for the fact that, at least right now, I think a lot of reactions, a lot of the news reactions are to the death rate which is, again, not the mortality rate. That doesn't mean that, that 3.4, 3.5, whatever the number is now, a percent of people who could get, who will get coronavirus, will die from it. It just means that right now 
as far as known cases go compared to the amount of 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 people who've lost their lives that's where we're at um and again these these rates are very strong much more worrisome for for at-risk groups i read something that like kids and that's legitimately children like kids let's say you know five six seven years old all the way to like mid-20s uh, don't really get sick at all for the most part and um there's even something at a northwestern and i still i have to get the guy on i keep saying i'll do it i really do know him uh, he he's a doctor at a Northwestern that's been quoted a bunch on this, and he works in infectious disease internationally, travels all over the place. He's he's a great mind. Uh, but I've read a bunch of the stuff he said out there in the world, and Dr. Robert Murphy has told people that 80% of the people who come down with coronavirus won't be seriously ill from it. They won't even really be more noticeably ill than anything else. It's 20% of cases that are more um, uh, extreme or you know uh, just harder to deal with. Uh, ones that get into to situations where you are going to the hospital, et cetera. And if you've been anywhere where you think you might have been exposed to it, you should probably get tested. I think legitimately I might get tested. I'm not, I don't feel sick at all. But I was in D.C. and almost went to CPAC. I, I interacted with people who had been at CPAC. That's a thing that I did. I was on the same train as the woman who rode from Chicago to St. Louis, not the same day, uh, a week before her. But, I, you know, I tangentially somewhat, who knows how things could happen. I might go. And if you feel like you're at risk at all, if you feel like you have any reason to be concerned, uh, do what's best and get tested, but don't flood your local stores and buy up all the Purell. Because that's probably, you should still have Purell, but maybe you don't need all of it. Um, and that's that's at least my reaction, 829-2345. This conversation is two-sided. I'd love to hear from you. 829-2345. Are you concerned? And I will probably ask you why or why not. So feel free to call in anytime during the show and answer that question for me. We will get to other things here on AM 1230 WJBC at 5 o'clock. I have my buddy Cody Goff, who's on every single Monday to talk about crazy, you know, uh, interesting things in the world, all different kinds of curiosities. Uh, his podcast is called Curiosity Daily. It's an award winner. Uh, it's from Westwood One. We like those people <laughs> a bit. So he'll be on at 5 o'clock. A lot to get to today on AM 1230 WJBC. I promise, for anyone that's like, you know what, I just I can't even take that word anymore. I can't even hear that word, coronavirus, anymore. Maybe like the 4 o'clock hour, and then probably even with Cody. I'll try to go completely topic-free and mention it zero times. Uh, our newsroom will probably have to mention it. But other than that, you'll get like an hour and a half of uninterrupted. It's like a, an all-day music thing, like an hour and a half commercials free on a music station. We will do at least an hour and a half of not mentioning it uh, later on in the show. Caller, what's your name before I break? Bob. What do you want to say, Bob? Uh, yeah, my wife just got done taking microbiology uh, for a college course. Yes. And according to her, your Purell and all the hand sanitizer won't even do anything for the corona because it's a virus. The, uh, okay. The hand sanitizer, your hand sanitizer will take care of bacteria, yes. but not, not a virus. So you just washing your hands is it. And buying up Purell ain't going to do anything for you. Yeah, no, I know that the biggest tip they've said, Bob, is that it's like can clean off any germs that are on your hand that might be coronavirus because it can't get through your skin. You're absolutely right. Anyone that, like, feels sick, if you're feeling sick already, it's not going to make you healthy to, to wash your hands. That's not, it's not a cure for any sort of illness, for sure. Thank you for calling, man. Yep. All right, thank you. This is the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Like I said, uh, half the second half of my show... Uh, maybe all of the 4 and 5 o'clock hour. I just won't mention this topic at all. I do have to talk about it now, though, because like half of all my stories 
that I found her about it. Uh, but we'll talk about other stuff, too. We'll talk about how much of a performance enhancer coffee is. It's a good sign. It's a pretty big performance enhancer. It's Greg Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, just chatting with uh, a caller off the air who couldn't go on the air. Uh, but they did have a question about the the train, about the Amtrak. Um, and actually, I heard a question in our newsroom, too. I think it was Buck Stevens who asked it um, to our newsroom. Uh, how, with those trains, if you've ever taken one from Chicago to St. Louis or wherever, how typical is it for people to just get off and stretch their legs? You know, could this person who traveled from Chicago to St. Louis have gotten off in normal and just kind of wandered for a bit, maybe grabbed a Subway sandwich at the Amtrak? The answer is is very unlikely. Uh, the train does not stop to give passengers the ability to get off. I've been on it multiple, multiple times, so I can tell you that. It's not a, a bus trip where, you know, you essentially have a, a elongated stop in order to go to the restroom or something. All that stuff, facilities, food, it's all available on most of those Amtrak trains. Um, even if it's not, like, legit full-on food that some of the trains have, there's a snack cart or something. So they don't. Uh, no one would have gotten off and then gotten back on, so she very likely would not have done that, um, you know, in case it's something, like, super weird that happened. But the, the odds would be very much no uh, the other thing, though, and this is what the caller pointed out, Jack, I appreciate you uh, calling in and asking, did people on the train interact with the person that went to St. Louis and then get off in Bloomington Normal? And my guess would be probably yes. And I, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I don't know. I have zero information, uh, which is always a rough way to do it. So that's why I say my guess to answer his question. But just because people get off at, at all different kinds of stops. However, and again, this is this is important uh, to note, this disease, this virus, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, you do have to get droplets into your system to get it from someone else. They, they say not to shake hands right now, not to, you know, um, fist bump, not to do any of that stuff because of the transmission of those fluids and then how you could be bringing them to your face and putting them inside of yourself, your nose, your, your mouth, whatever, breathing it in. Um, but if, if she didn't, you know, cough in the area of someone who got off at Bloomington, um, and if no one, you know, got anything on them, uh, then the odds are probably extremely low that anyone in the area could have been infected by her. But if you rode the train, and I think Amtrak is doing a good job in reaching out to those people. I saw that because uh, they know everyone who took train rides. They have all the receipts. So they can email everyone, say, hey, you were on this train. This happened. Uh, you should get yourself tested. And if, if that's you, if you've gotten this kind of correspondence from Amtrak locally, you should listen. Just got another off-air call. I guess people don't want to go on the air, which is fine. 829-2345. If you want to talk uh, fears, coronavirus, anything, I'm talking those topics. I am going to shift gears, talk about Kim Kardashian in a minute, too, though. Uh, one last thing. This caller just asked me about cash, about using funds, money, and, like, exchanging it. Could that transmit things? Of course it could. Uh, and actually, this is interesting. China wound up destroying a bunch of their, their dollars. I talked about this weeks ago when it happened. Uh, but in Wuhan, in the areas where the outbreak was the biggest, they wound up just just destroying and replacing a lot of physical cash because of that concern, which a caller did. But again, I don't I'm not trying to scare people. For the most part, we'll be we're, we're still fine. We have zero current cases, uh, but these are precautions you can consider. She said use debit credit cards. That's not a bad idea. Uh, you could also use touchless things if you have a, a cell phone with like an Apple Pay on it. So there's things you can do. Uh, when buying products, and if you don't want to grab cash, that's not, you know, you wouldn't be alone. Quick break. It's news time on AM 1230 WJBC. After the news, like I said, shifting gears hard. We're going to talk about Kim Kardashian and the most ridiculous questions she's asked on social medias because, hey, a reality TV star needed help sometimes. 
Some of these are pretty cool. Uh, let's lighten it up just a tad for a second here. 829-2345, though, if you want to call in and bring us back down. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I do want people to give me their answers to whether or not they feel concerned about coronavirus uh, or just anything. I mean, you can always call the show. It's a two-way conversation, 829-2345. I love talking to callers, even if you don't like me. Uh, <laughs> I have some callers who I think some of them are just making the jokes uh, and trying to be, like, nice. Uh, especially one I can think of uh, that likes to tease me, but I think he's doing it with love. Uh, but if you want to call in for another reason, uh, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll do whatever. I can handle it. Um, anyway, to lighten the conversation to Tad, um, someone went through all of Kim Kardashian, the famous reality television humans, um, Twitter posts, and pointed out some of the silliest questions she's ever asked on social media. I found this funny, not just because we can laugh at a celebrity, uh, but because there are people. Like, we all have friends on our social media accounts that ask uh, sillier questions. They are questions that probably don't need to be asked. And sometimes I think they're asking them for the sake of humor. And other times uh, some people probably are not. But they're out there. There's <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, I asked a question on my Facebook page that's now on WJBC's page, too. I shared it. So uh, I did it both places. I'm looking for local bands. So uh, reach out to me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Greg Collins Show. You'll see all the info uh, for that. Uh, anyway, moving on to Kim Kardashian's stuff. I'm just going to do these, you know, the anti-Casey Kasem. I like going 10 to 1, but really these questions are all pretty silly. So let's start with the most ridiculous of the questions that's been asked on the social medias. Um, how come doctors never get sick? This is a Kim Kardashian question from November 2009 when all they do is see sick people every single day. That was that was her statement slash question. Uh, the answer, Kim, they uh, they do uh, get sick um, quite a bit, actually. Someone just said, you are fine, uh, with some expletives, uh, why not heaven? They said, you are fine as a location, but why can't it be heaven, was was Kim's question. She goes, why can't we all be fine as, as heaven instead of fine as the other thing? That's, uh, <laughs> I can't, I don't even know how to react to some of these. And by the way, if you have one of these two, 829 Two, three, four, five, and you feel like the the social media friend you have wouldn't mind a little light radio razzing. Call in with some silly questions you've seen on the social medias. Um, here are some more that Kim Kardashian has asked her her legions of fans. By the way, she's got millions, millions of followers. So I don't know how they react to this kind of stuff, but probably if you like her, you're just like, ah, well, there's another one of those. Uh, why is it that the more I work out, the hungrier I get? That was from April 2011. Um, cuz? <laughs> I don't know how to, again, how do you react, by the way? 829-2345. If someone asks you a question that you feel like the answer is obvious, what is your artful uh, reaction to that? In the social media world, I doubt we're artful, but I wonder in real life, you know, if you navigate around that. If you've got a, uh, I don't know, if there's like a, a niece, nephew, even a kid uh, in your life that, that asks a silly question, you're not going to be mean. You're going to find a way to answer the question. If it's an adult human, if it's a buddy or someone who does this often, you might get a little bit saucier. Uh, but that's just, you know, the kind of things we do. So I would love tips on that, too. 829-2345. If you can't tell, I'm trying to get you to call my radio show. I'd love to hear from people. Anyone know a good spray tanner in Paris? That was that was from Kim Kardashian's Twitter page, September 2016. Is there an art to that? Like the way that someone spray tans you <laughs> i felt uncomfortable as i finished that question is there like a skill set do you is it would it be like a good painter kim is that what you need maybe you need someone who's really good you know like a house painter and be like i can make sure to cover everything correctly i don't know 
But she she was curious, and that question got asked in the... I don't have the answers. I really wish they had uh, uh, put up a list of all the answers people get. From July 2010, Kim Kardashian on social media asked, do peanuts have carbs? <laughs> no, uh-uh. None, none whatsoever. Pretty sure they have none. Uh, do you believe in fairy tales? Because I do. That was a question from June 2010. That's Kim Kardashian. Uh, do you believe in fairy tales? Uh, believe or enjoy? I think the, the word you were looking for might have been enjoy. Anyone know exactly where a certain workout place is, she asked. Well, she was in in uh, in Vegas, I guess. These are things you can just Google. Um, but, yeah, those are some. I try to lighten it up a little bit. I have so, so many coronavirus topics on my docket just because it was hard to find non that stuff that I, you know, I'll try throughout the show too to lighten it up. 829-2345 though, if you want to call in and talk about it, because it seems we are getting more concerned as a, as a country here in the United States. Steve Perry is making a crap ton of money by not being journey singer. I saw this story and liked it a lot. Uh, when jury journey singer, Steve Perry quit, he signed away his rights to the name, but he got a lot in return. Because of the deal he made, he still gets a big cut of all the profits from both their albums and their tours. The tours that they go on, Steve still gets paid to not be a part of them. Uh, caller, what's your name? Oh, man, can I get on that? I'm, I'm all about no-show jobs. <laughs> Me too. Like, I don't know. The only, the only reason I want to be in a union is so I can get the no-show job. Exactly. That's the one I want. I'm, I'm down with that. I mean, well, if you – if you, well, no, I, won't, I don't even want to make a joke. Uh, Brian, what do you want to say? I just want to know why we're like, what are you, what are you going through here? Kim Kardashian's like post over the last <laughs> couple of years. I mean, I'm trying to be lighter. Like, like yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like, but the way I'm going to put this is like as PG as possible. I mean, we're talking about a woman who became famous because her dad was a lawyer at the OJ thing. Yeah, and then some and other stuff. A, and and she made a provocative video. Okay, I mean, literally, that like, was very PG. I don't, think we should, I, I don't think we should be going to her for like. No, no. <laughs> Well, What's the Google answer? Well, even, you know? Right. Brian, I think that's even the, the point of this. Like, I thought it was funny. Somebody on, on Twitter over the weekend found the most ridiculous thing she asked. And I, I also find this funny because, like, you probably have an actual friend that asks silly questions on social media every so often. We all have that person who throws, you know, anything they think of out there in the internets to see what happens. So some of these are pretty amusing to me. Oh, well, Kim, like I told you the other day when we were, you were talking about who's smarter and how. Kim and I are like smart and like completely yes, yeah. different. Yeah, who's areas. smarter? So, you or your? Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. And we do this a lot to each other, like with a little like sarcasm <laughs> behind it. Like I'll ask her a question or vice versa, and she's looking at me like, "What did your parents <laughs> do? Did your parents do anything? <laughs> did they ever talk to you?" Yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, just failures left and right. Amen. So. Amen to that. Well, yeah, and we all we all have to do a little bit of razzing, and uh, Kim's asked 26, at least uh, so far, ridiculous questions. I'm sure there's more than that. But thanks for calling in, man. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure there's tons of them. Kim, yeah. my Kim makes me watch that. Like, like I'll be playing some PUBG on the phone while she's watching, <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians. And every now and then she just sees the eyebrows raise up, and she's like, what? I'm like... I don't think these people can like get any like dumber. <laughs> right. I mean, like, Although that's the part of out of their mouth. Like, that's part hey. of what's probably captivating about it. You play uh you play PUBG by the way? Oh yeah, PUBG. My big one's probably uh World of Tanks is probably what I play the most of. Okay. Yeah. Uh you're not you're not playing any of the the you know the the giant one that's out there though. The uh I can't even think of it right now. For the, Fortnite? Hey, Fortnite. Thank you, bud. Yeah, you're not playing any Fortnite? Fortnite. 
no, I don't play Fortnite. And just real quick, I don't like the idea that I shoot someone and they instantly build a wall. I'm like, I think <laughs> if I shoot you, the chances of you being able to build a wall up to stop me from shooting you are again poor? are slim to none. Yeah, so that part, like, if they would at least put a delay in for if mm. I pop you once, there's like 10 seconds before you can build a wall in my face, I'd probably do it. Like, my kids, my kids made me play it when it first came out, and I'm just really good at shooters. So yeah. they were all like, all their little groupies, like, we got to get your dad on my He's going to kill it. <laughs> oh, Gears of War, all that. Like, yeah, you can, you can teach uh, kids to be men, like, especially teach them accountability and all yeah. kinds of things for them through them games. Yeah, it's great. You know, what's interesting about you mentioning that too real quick, Brian, and then I'll probably let this call end, uh, but thank you for calling into the show, man. I, I didn't like to play Grand Theft Auto for the same reason you don't like to play Fortnite. There's just no real version of that where I can just like wander up to cars I don't own, steal them for a little while, and then run away from the police and they'll give up. I loved that that was a, a thing, but I, I didn't want to play because I thought it would be too tempting right. to then try it in real life. Like someday I'll be a car thief. <laughs> I could see you stealing horses because of Red Dead. I oh, man, see. for sure. Exactly. All right, awesome. Thank you for the video game <laughs> later, break. Bro. All right, talk yep, to you later. Uh, we will try as best we can to be diverse in the topics today, to move on from other stuff. But while prepping a, a radio show, there was one topic that uh, was more um, all over the place than anything else. 829-2345. Feel free to call in with any comments you have today to The Craig Collins Show. After the break, I'll talk about coffee and how good of a performance enhancer it is. It's a pretty good one, although not, you know, in all the ways people might assume. Uh, But if you're a coffee drinker, you're probably, you know, uh, your days are probably a little easier. That's all I'll say for now. Uh, AM 1230 WJBC. I just had a phone call and uh, that joke was uh, pretty good. And it was it was made right as I was supposed to come back to the to the show. Sorry about that little delay there. Uh, This is the Craig Collins show on AM 1230 WJBC. Linda, you're you're great on and off the air when you call into the program. So thank you for that. Um, I was talking about coffee. Uh, before the break, I was talking about a lot of things. I actually had another caller ask me, uh, said not to give her name, uh, why we're not talking more about the the person who took a train ride, an Amtrak train from Chicago through Bloomington to St. Louis. I, I did just mention it, um, and I know that she missed it, but anyone else that might be in that camp that missed it, I can, I can talk about it more um, later on in the show. Uh, but the quick takeaway is I've been on that train a bunch of times, not the day that she was on it. Um, And for anyone concerned, uh, like some of our other callers that called in, you don't get on and off it like a bus. You stay on until your destination. So she wouldn't have gotten off the train, even though she went through Bloomington and Normal, uh, just to interact, um, you know, to buy a sandwich or whatever. That's not a thing that would happen. Uh, But she may have obviously interacted with people whose destination was here. So I think there's certainly um, a valid heightened concern for anyone interested in that story. And uh, the last thing I'll say about it, which I know we're reporting on, too, Amtrak has been reaching out to the people that were on that train to notify them and to ask them to get tested. So if you are someone that took that train uh, here locally or anywhere else and you got an email from Amtrak saying, hey, on this date, this person rode, this is the concern, you should do what they're telling you to do and, and get tested here. Um, call the McLean County Health Department and they'll, they'll help you out with everything you need to know there so that you can make sure that you're not someone you know, who's currently infected. Um, I actually was even saying that I was in D.C. I didn't go to CPAC, but I guess there was somebody who got sick at CPAC and, you know, interacted with people like Ted Cruz, who's now quarantined. I might uh, get tested just because it makes sense, uh, even though I'm not, I don't feel sick at all. And uh, I didn't go to any of the stuff where people were at. And like even the people who go to these big conferences, very small amount. But I'm saying that on air to help educate people on the the amount that you should probably be. I'm probably being way too concerned to even get tested but it you know why not i have the health insurance i can go and uh, have the doctor do it and 
just to make sure, just to not get any of my coworkers sick with something that I very much don't have. If you're in any of these situations, if you've heard a story, if you're anything, I mean, we're, we're talking about the uh, Bloomington couple who's on a, and that was a great interview by Susan Saunders earlier today, too, by the way. A great interview, very interesting to hear from someone currently quarantined on a, on a cruise ship uh, from the area. But, you know, again, if you're interacting with anybody, any situations, this is something we should take very seriously to, to prevent it from spreading. Uh, in Italy, I think they're starting to, like, really restrict travel between certain places. And uh, the, the lengths they're going to restrict citizens in certain areas, it would be akin to us, lo- us locking down Washington. Not D.C., the state and saying that you can't travel in and out of there. Uh, that's kind of what they're doing in Italy, and that might be a response. We start to take more to, to cut down on the spread of this thing uh, because that can work. The reason we don't do it, by the way, this is another question I got. The reason we don't do that for flu, the reason you're not quarantined if you get the flu is not because it's less serious, um, even though as of right now it probably has a, a lower mortality rate, et cetera. Uh, the reason why is it's impossible. Like, it just wouldn't work. If you quarantined yourself, the, the flu is so infectious that you'd just probably get it, you know, you'd give it to other people anyway. Uh, co- coronavirus, COVID-19, is not as infectious. It does have to be transmitted via droplets that get into your system, not that, you know, break the skin or whatever. Uh, so the reason that we don't do this every single time someone has the flu, although you probably do try to keep to yourself, but like full-on quarantine, is just because it wouldn't work, not because it's not also a serious thing. And I've been saying that too, and I'll keep saying that. If I keep talking about this topic all day, is that, you know, in this flu season, you did all the things they're recommending you do to protect yourself from coronavirus anyway, to protect yourself from flu. So so keep doing those things. Don't just start doing them now. And don't make a run on Purell. You know, get enough for you, but you don't need to stock up because, as one of our callers said in the last hour, it doesn't make you healthy. If you get sick, it's not going to cure anything. So it's really not the thing you need to stockpile in bulk. Um, Okay. All right, it's fine. I did that. I dovetailed. I wanted to do that because the caller asked me to. Uh, but coffee, is it super great? The answer is yes. <laughs> and that's not what the University of Arkansas was looking at. That's not the way they framed the question, but that's the way that I framed the question. Uh, they were looking into how good coffee is as a booster of focus and ability to help you problem solve. They were also curious if it would make you more creative. Uh, the answer for any sort of aspiring musicians or whatever, sadly, is no. It does not make you more creative, but it certainly makes you more aware. Um, (laughs) As so many of us know, least shocking news story I have for today. Uh, Coffee does boost your focus, does boost your problem-solving ability. It also boosts something else that I thought was cool. In an unrelated study, uh, well, I guess, you know, related, but, you know, not done by the same people, researchers out of the university in England um, were also studying coffee and found that it'll it'll help you as an aerobic uh, boost. If you're going to do aerobic exercises, and my wife has been getting into them like nuts. My wife does like two or three YMCA classes a day now. Betty is, I don't know, the YMCA classes are great. I'm not, I'm not discouraging. It's just she's becoming like, you know, uh, the next fitness trainer human. I think very soon there might be classes that my wife teaches, um, but she also is a huge coffee drinker. And so I, I can't wait to tell her this. Uh, she's not working today. I can't wait to tell her this later. Or if you're listening, Betty that if you drink coffee before a workout, apparently it's, it's great. They recruited 38 adults to ask them to try. Uh, they split between people that were drinking not coffee and people that were drinking actual coffee. Some, some of them had a placebo. Um, the ones who had actual coffee lost more weight over time. They, they got in better shape. They could do more. And again, not shocking. Caffeine is another thing that's used a lot 
by people who work out often, people who train for things. And so coffee is a really good pick pre-workout, a really good pick in the morning, obviously, a really good pick before a problem-solving uh, task is required or, or the ability to focus is needed. And it's unique that, that coffee is so good at this and other stuff like energy drinks, soda or not, because the detrimental things in coffee are, are much less, depending on what you put in it, I guess. If you stack it with sugar like I do, you might be making it uh, less beneficial. But all the studies that I've seen recently, and for whatever reason, lots of people are studying coffee. Maybe like that's, that's cathartic, too. Maybe people are waking up, news headlines are scary. So like, you know what? I'm a scientist. I want to know how coffee works because I love it. And so maybe that's what people are doing. I don't know. Uh, but we have a lot of coffee studies, and <laughs> it's good news for anyone that loves it because it does a lot of really great uh, things. After the news, i got to take a quick break here. News coming up in a few minutes on AM 1230 WJBC. After the news, I want to talk about uh, McLean County's goal of having more iPads, extra judges to reduce the time for Election Day. I think it's a really good idea. I think this was a, a smart move, get things done a little bit quicker. Uh, turnout has been very high in all the different primaries throughout the, the country so far, on, on both sides, by the way. The turnout has been shockingly high for President Trump, uh, for people that are going to support him, because you don't need to. Um, but then also, of course, because of the way in which I think different candidates in the Democratic side are invigorating different audiences. Because I, I think there's a very different audience for a Joe Biden than there is for a Bernie Sanders. Lots and lots of people are voting. So here in McLean County, we are going to do our best to make sure that everyone can do it quickly. They're replacing laptops with iPads. They're getting technology savvy. If You know what would be great? And this is not a real suggestion, and they're probably going to hate that I even throw it out there. If we could vote via Alexa, you know, just trust Bezos a little bit more with stuff, that would be pretty cool. If I could walk in and maybe just whisper it, because I don't want people to know uh, which, way, which direction I'm going for any of that stuff. But if we could do that, and you don't even need the iPad, because honestly, I'm not sure that I want to touch it, actually. That's, I, I don't know that I have to. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how that all goes, too. Quick break. A lot more at AM 1230. Hey there. Craig Holland Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, I saw this story. McLean County hopes iPads, extra judges, will reduce Election Day wait times. Uh, I think that's a really smart idea. Um, if you don't know, uh, this year there's been a turnout unlike any other, it seems, on both sides. Uh, people are showing up to primaries to vote in support for President Trump. Uh, I think just to demonstrate that there's you know, a large majority of support. And then on the other side, of course, Bernie Sanders is invigorating a younger audience, although <laughs> they don't vote as much as he'd hope. I still see the numbers for younger voters are are not, you know, where I think he'd like them to be if he were to, to come back. And then Joe Biden, of course, uh, is getting a lot of support now that uh, pretty much everybody has has uh, <laughs> thrown their support behind him. So I think the, the voting moving forward will probably still be very popular. Uh, by the time that we are going to cast our primary ballots. So election officials in McCain, McLean County have already begun working the polls, uh, but the day that they see the most people is obviously Election Day, and they want to be ready for that crowd. The new iPads replace the old uh, laptops. That is a quote from uh, a clerk, Kathy uh, Michael, who was involved in this. Uh, they've trained 500 additional judges, which is very good news. These iPads have been extremely well-received. We had them tested out by our judges before we purchased them. They were $300,000, and we had... Uh, to have them, that's part of the election, the costs, but it helps streamline the checkout process. The county bought a total of 156 
different Apple iPads in order to get ready for the event. Uh, Kathy was quoted as continuing to say, it's just like your regular check-in, the process, uh, just like you're walking up there and you want to register, but you're not registered. Uh, Well, they can now. Anybody that is there uh, with an iPad can register you to vote and get you your card and get you, you know, off to your touchscreen, just as registered voters uh, normally do, and it's a much faster process. So it's very good news. Seasoned judges like Larry Dodd, uh, the mayor of Colfax, uh, is in charge of some of that tech as well. He said... The iPads are just so much nicer and quicker than the laptops. A person can walk up and be at a voting machine within about a minute. Um, so good news for anyone planning to vote is that yeah, and you should. By the way, you should vote. I don't care what side, who you support. You should just show up. Just, you know, make it a habit. Uh, there was a story I did a couple weeks ago on the show about changing behaviors. If you're someone that doesn't do things like like vote and it's just too daunting to think, okay, now I vote for the rest of my life. I, I don't know how to do that. Just do it one one campaign at a time, one election, one thing at a time. Uh, just go out there and do it. And then for probably a majority of my listeners who, who are doing this already, um, you know, just uh, enjoy uh, using that right because it's, it's a very important one and we should all do it uh, all the time. Um, a restaurant opened up its books to demonstrate how tough it was to, you know, rise above, I guess, the financial challenges of, of the amount of money that goes into to one day sitting around with some friends and or, you know, fancy restaurant people and saying, you know what I want to do? I want to start a restaurant business. And then you go from there to successful and a whole bunch of money. And actually, some of my guests that I've had in for the uh, 5 o'clock Friday segments that I do here on AM 1230 have said the same thing. Like, it's, it's hard to get off the ground in that space specifically. A restaurant called My My, which was very successful, they won... Uh, a few different awards. They even had a James Beard chef working at the restaurant. They were named as a top 30 under 30 uh, restaurant because of the ownership. Um, six-time James Beard Rising Star was a semifinalist in a few different things. They they were, you know, by all all accounts, a, a fairly promising company, and yet financially they wound up struggling, and things wound up getting pretty tough. In this deep dive done by Eater.com, they demonstrated the amount of income that the restaurant would gain, and even where it came from. They made over a million bucks, like $1.25 million, uh, $655,000 is restaurant sales. They also did a bunch of catering to double that to make another five sixty, and then they had some other surprises and delights, like little special event things that brought in some extra money too. Uh, their cost, though, uh, their total different hits, the food purchases, 200000 alcohol, 18000 uh, They had to ha- take out a loan to pay their labor to start. That was about half a million bucks early on. So even though you're breaking in $1.2 million and you're doing this as a well-known restaurant in a big city, and this is just kind of a a reaction, you know, a good idea uh, to take as far as, you know, just an idea for what would happen if if you dabble in this world. You make $1.2 million, but then you have about $300,000 in actual expenses from just food and, and alcohol purchases. And again, I think any restaurateur would call in and say, when you first make those, you're, you're planning for the future, at least with the alcohol. The food you got to keep buying. You, you can't keep that forever. Don't want to have it frozen for you know a year. But there, there's hard costs, obviously, early on. You then have the, the labor costs, which was over half a million for their uh, needs. Then you had some direct additional operating costs, which is another thirty, forty thousand bucks. 40000 You also had a bunch of maintenance costs if you you know were working in a, a whatever it is. Um, you know, a building, so that's another sixteen, seventeen thousand just for maintenance and repair. Then they had administrative expenses, 
which include insurance, payroll, other things. That was $200,000. And again, this is a company that was like winning awards in this space. They then had some additional um, occupancy costs beyond just the repairing stuff, the rent, et cetera, 116000 So the total income for 2019 for a restaurant with a six-time nominated James Beard chef, just a bunch of you know great publicity, good news, everything going on for this company in the right way when they factor in all the different expenses to operate the business, their first year in as a restaurant, their net income, $22,000. Twenty-two thousand one sixteen. When you take all the costs out of all the profit, that is nuts to think about how hard this would be. Uh, they're actually writing a book as well. Uh, one of the owners is writing a book about her experience with the the Mimi uh, restaurant and just how after a year you're like, you know what? Why? Why am I trying to do this? This is very very hard. Um, and so it was an interesting conversation, an interesting article. I'll share it on my my social media pages, but. You have that conversation all the time, right? Like if you if you go to a, a place often or maybe you got a buddy that you always want to like, you know, venture out on your own and start your own business and like a restaurant, a bar, that's always like idea one. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just sounds cool. It sounds like a fun thing like, you know, uh, Craig's Bar or a way more creative title than that is just it's it's sort of like when you fantasize about winning the lottery, right? Like both of those things are fantasies that a lot of us have probably had. You start up your own business, it becomes as big as Starbucks one day, and then you're filthy rich, or you just you, you buy a ticket and you hit. But it's so much more difficult than any of us could possibly fathom. And this, this company, this owner, being willing to open up the books this broadly and show us every financial number that they had over the course of a year in which, from the outside, you'd look at the, this place and be like, well, they're raking in uh, money. The answer is is no, they are not. Um, I am not, I am still talking about coronavirus stuff by the way real quick for anyone out there that is curious about it anyone out there that wants to still discuss it so you can call in 829-2345 if you want to talk about it it is a thing that's out there in the world uh, i'm aware of it and so if anyone calls in like why are you doing this why are you talking about restaurant stuff why why are these the conversations well it's because I, I don't want to do four hours on whether or not you're afraid uh, but 829-2345 if you want to call in and tell me because i am i am intrigued to to hear your level of of concern as far as the the very much widely reported coronavirus uh, and the growth of the the virus here in the United States is, is going, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Eight two nine two three four five. You know another topic of conversation that I'm always entertained by uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I don't know why. I, I mean he's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game. He's won a bunch of Super Bowls. He's you know uh, maybe out of a job. <laughs> I still think he's out of a job. Uh, we'll see what happens. Well, he's going to have a job. I shouldn't say that. Just not the job he and the owner of the team want, which would be to be the Patriots quarterback. I don't think that's I don't think that's Tommy Brady's future. I think he's going to wind up somewhere else. Uh, but I saw this story today uh, that he will be launching a production company called 199 Productions. He is partnering with the directors of the latest Avengers movies. Those would be Joe and Anthony Russo. They are brothers. Uh, he's partnering with them to create unseen football. This is going to be a documentary, a fast-paced 3D adventure, um, and a movie that's going to be coming out that will take you on the inside as far as football is concerned and show you, and I quote, the invisible realms of football guided by the most successful quarterback in NFL history. The documentary will be a love letter to the sport, and Brady will introduce innovative aspects of the game at every level, starting in high school, college, and the NFL. He will isolate plays on screen. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about if you go to, like, a movie grab a popcorn, and then you see a guy diagram a play. I don't know that that's going to be a box office winner, uh, but it might be. 
He will examine them from the cellular to the macro level. Uh, the doc will intensify the football experience by blowing it up into the big screen. Uh, and uh, it will be, I guess, to them, you know, an immersive experience for viewers uh, that will be the most explosive and exciting moments that he can come up with. Neil Doyle, I know that you are a football fan. I, I think you're a Tom Brady fan. Are you a Tom Brady fan? Yeah, I enjoy Tom Brady. You going to go to this movie? I, I would, yeah. Really? Yeah. You'd pay 10 bucks. Whatever it is, whatever a ticket is, I probably would. But ne- okay. you know, if I don't get around to it, I'm sure I'll see it once it's time. Oh, I'll do that. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure, I will do that. I don't know if I'll go to the. Th- I certainly wouldn't be able to convince you know my wife to go if I told her that no, it's going to be immersive. He's going to you know break plays down on the screen. That's not going to make Betty want to go to a movie. Yeah, I don't think my girlfriend, if You're I right. told her that that's kind of what the premise is, uh-huh. she would say, I might uh, sit this one out. Right, you so. know, have fun, have fun. Uh, right, exactly. But uh, it, it sounds like it would be a great, I don't know, 30 for 30 ESPN thing. I'm surprised they're going to put it into the movie theaters and see how it does there. But then I'm also shocked, like, all these concert series movies do as well as they do. And it's really just behind the scenes of, like, a Bieber you know, concert, and they, they get people to go. Yeah, that's true. I just, I wonder with this, it's so... It's niche. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, among, you know, the sports fans and things like that, sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll be just fine, but I, you know, general public, I don't you're know You're not really how, sure? I don't know exactly. if are going to get great box office. By the way, and I want to be fancy about it, I want to take that back, it's niche. It's not niche, it's niche. niche. Yes. That is the fancy way to pronounce that word, um, and I like to do both. Uh, yeah, he's excited, and I guess this will be the beginning of, of several different things. Tom Brady, of course, is well-known. However good it was, I think it did win an Emmy, the Tom versus Time Facebook series. Uh, did you watch any of those? I saw one of them. I okay. didn't. I didn't get fully die. I didn't really fully dive into it. Yeah, it's not my thing. Uh, it did win an Emmy though. Although it's probably one of those categories where it's like best Facebook specific series. <laughs> right. Uh, but the docu series followed Brady's training and prep uh, regimen, which is just insane. The dude's nuts. I would, if I were Tom Brady, and like I wanted to play in New England. But Bill Belichick really didn't want me there. And that, no matter what people think, I, I'm going to continue to profess that as a reality. I don't know for sure. I'm not giving you an insider scoop. Uh, that's just my, my uh, you know, from the outside looking in impression of what's going on and why it's so hard to decide to sign this guy. The owner wants to sign him. Robert Kraft would have him signed, you know, a week ago if he were just making the decision on his own. But Bill Belichick gets a lot of leeway as far as building that, that team. And so I would just be done, man. Think about all the cookies Tom Brady could enjoy. If he could just walk away from football. just be dead. You've won a bunch of Super Bowls. You're one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And time might be catching up with you. We don't know how much last season was a product of not having talent around him or not being as talented. But it's only going to get worse no matter how crazy he is about it. I'd be done, man. If I were Tommy, I'd hang it all up and be done. It just, I mean, that lifestyle is just so right out there so it's like i feel like he's so used to it so it would be weird for him to give that up got I, it i don't know i mean is he gonna play somewhere else probably uh-huh. I, I really don't w- want to see him play anywhere other i do then new i do i, I, I so bad i, I do so bad because we get we get proof neil yeah if he plays somewhere else and his team succeeds and he has a great season he can go down as the best quarterback in the history of the game and no one not even me can say well but you did have belichick you know, they're helping you out with the system the whole time. No one will call him a system quarterback if he goes anywhere else. The same is true for Belichick. Every time that he has success with a different person moving forward, unless it like unless he got Patrick Mahomes in a trade, but like if it's not the consensus best quarterback in the league and and Bill wins another Super Bowl with that person as the head coach, both both of them have so much legacy 
to, to establish in a season apart that I want to see them play apart for just that reason. That's it. I, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that right kind of get on them for that, but yeah. I, you know, we'll see what happens. I know. I, That's I, fine. If Tom gets in a good situation, though, I, you know, things who, could be pretty good. Who knows? Who okay. Knows? Well, we'll see. I will. I will. I don't know. I'll wear a Tom Brady shirt for an entire week if he wins a Super Bowl with some other than Bill Belichick. Yeah. Uh, Neil. Yes. Uh, did you hear the giant woo in the background I, of that Brian Walder? I think they were excited for Brian. <laughs> Somebody, somebody down the hall, you know. It's not like we're doing yeah. anything down here. But, yeah, people are just well, walking around the office yelling. Okay, God, that was it. That was internally. Okay. Yes. Uh, no, no, that, that was not on good Brian's deal. part. All right. Good talk. Yeah, Go ahead. Somebody here in the you office. You can finish your news update. It's 54 degrees right now. More news at the top of the hour or as it happens. I'm Neil Doyle on the Voice of Central Illinois, WDJBC and WDJBC.com. Don't show up. Your water cooler discussions just got better. More Craig Collins show on WJBC. That is so awesome that that was an internal woo. I had no idea that that was internal. Oh yeah, no, somebody down the hall. I don't know, you know, maybe maybe they. Because I know Katie's got down in the front area. We've got a radio down there, and normally JBC's on her. She'll switch it up. (laughs) But I don't know. Maybe somebody heard Brian's forecast on the radio, and they just got fired up. Well, that is good. That's good to know. His fan base is so you know, uh, it's so out there. It's everywhere. (laughs) So um, we will look for someone to get a Brian Walder T-shirt here locally in the in the station. Because that was was it even the the forecast he was saying, or was it just that his voice was on the radio? You know, who knows? Okay, maybe both. I don't know. Um, I got to ask you a question. I don't know if you saw this. It went viral weeks ago. I've had this story, but it's such a weird story that like I didn't talk about it yet. There's there's a 43 year old woman out of San Francisco who looks a lot like her daughter. Uh, she's 43 years old. Her kid is 19, and their photo went viral. And I think the initial um, you know question on one of these photos was, "Can you tell which one's the kid?" And then since then, she now has the reputation of being one of the most attractive moms in the world. I think that's one of the the ways that people describe her when sharing photos of her. Have you seen any of these photos of this lady? I did see one. Okay, yes. see, it's all it's all over the place. And I was like, this is so it's so difficult. I mean, it's Women's Month first thing, so like I don't even know if highlighting this makes sense as a story. But uh, she was recently uh, caught up with by a news organization, and they asked her about her viral fame. And what I thought was interesting, she's a school teacher. She's internet appointed as a very you know attractive uh, human who also happens to have a child. Uh, I think that's the way you do it. Uh, but she's described it as a little bit overwhelming. And as she talked about this, as I saw some of her reaction to it, yeah, I, I imagine it is because it's like the weirdest thing to be famous for because she's not just famous like any other model or attractive human that exists in the world. She's famous more specifically for being attractive and also having a kid who she looks like. That's a very odd barometer for like how, you know, how you're famous. Yeah, I'm sure as a mom, it's kind of like, huh. Right, it's like, eh, it's it's uncomfortable. But yeah, so she, they did an interview. She said, it actually started when my daughter posted this social media video that all the kids were doing with their uh, their cute moms, I guess, is what she said in her interview. I think that's how the name got started as well. Uh, She pointed out there are a lot of attractive people uh, out there that also happen to be moms. So it's not like she's alone in that world. Uh, And then she said that she was just shocked by all the attention, having so many different eyes on her, even when she goes out places now, uh, is a little bit uncomfortable, according to her. I think for me, the best part that I've experienced the past couple of weeks is meeting so many new people from around the world who are so supportive of her and just reaching out 
on all the different social media platforms. Uh, she continued by saying it happened super quick, kind of like within two days. She's happy. She thinks it's really cool. It took a, a while for me to adjust to it as far as her daughter enjoying the fame. I'm not really used to any of this attention. I teach third and fourth grade, so uh, they having said that to me about seeing it, I'm thankful, but also, you know, that would be weird, too. That'd be weird if the kids in class that you're, you know, teaching also go up to you and like, oh, I saw that you're the, the attractive mom. <laughs> it's just it's such an odd story, man. And it didn't seem to want to die. She's 43 years old and she's good looking. That's that's not a shocking story in and of itself, is it? No, no I, one has to be shocked by that. I, I think it was, though, the initial picture I was right with her daughter and so, how similar they yes, look yes i mean yeah. they do look very similar so yes and i because i'm right i remember the first time seeing it they said can you tell which one i don't know they said which one's the daughter which one's mm -hmm. the mom i'm like i i can't tell i really don't know right i'm not sure right which means the genes are great which yeah. means the the daughter should be very happy that she'll probably age uh, very nicely too but like 43 is not i don't know as as i read this story and as i, I kept seeing it and kept putting it in the stack of articles that i might talk about but then not it's just it's such a uh, an odd you know fascination I guess we have with the fact that she's well how could she be attractive and a mom that doesn't make that's I don't know why that's the take uh, that's my question eight two nine two three four five you don't have to answer it but that because that's how I I uh, digest this story is that people are just shocked that she can you know have have had a child and still look attractive and that's that's not what they're saying but to me that's how I would react to it if I were her. Like, why is this? Why? 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 Why do we care? That's what I keep saying, I guess. That's how I do every day. I just put why on my T-shirt and just walk around with like why and see if people felt that way. I like that she is trying to embrace the fame, though, because like getting viral famous has to be the strangest thing for any of it. Like, you don't want it. She didn't choose to be famous. She didn't like cut an album and try to be a famous singer. Her daughter put a picture on social media and now everyone in the world has seen it. Do you think she then kind of like questions? It's like, huh? I'm like, right. You know. Just a picture like this, and it kind of it went, just exploded. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I imagine she she I, anybody that does for any reason, and I know like they have you know like Comedy Central shows and stuff, uh, Taj Point oh, which is a weird thing that I'm mentioning all of a sudden, where he lets like people that go viral for bad reasons try to redeem themselves on his TV show. The viral fame thing in and of itself has sort of always fascinated me because it's it's not consensual, and I don't mean that in a weird way. I don't mean that in an extreme way. I just mean that depending on what the information is that's out there or how it becomes a uh, quote-unquote viral, you, the person that is now famous, may or may not have wanted that. And uh, as, I, as I watch this interview and like read through some of these statements, I get the sense that she didn't want this fame, but she has it. It's just a thing she has now because we have a, a tool to share photos of anyone and anything um, you know, and have them seen by everybody everywhere. It would just be insane to even have to do this interview. You know, like to get the email from uh, a national news organization, be like, hey, can you can you talk to us about your your fame? Yeah, she's probably like, yeah, I've got a class until three <laughs> o'clock. I mean, yeah, I mean, right. right. I mean, she's a you know, just third, fourth grade teacher. Well, that's what she probably likes to do. She's just living her life. And then this happens. Well, it's like, huh. it, it makes me think of the Peloton uh, woman, too, who we all became like fascinated by. And she was resistant to do interviews for a while. The Peloton, if you don't know what commercial I'm talking about, it came out around the holiday season. Uh, a husband gifts his wife a Peloton bike, and then a lot of people had feelings and thoughts about, you know, how appropriate or, or odd that would be. Um, but the two actors who portrayed the roles, there wound up being so much, like, interest in who they are as people because they played these roles that they were hired to play in a commercial. And she, 
the the female actress seemed to also somewhat resist uh, the fame of that thing because it's it's I don't know it's I I hope to never go viral famous I guess the or you know what maybe I kind of do right if you could choose would you want to be viral famous yes or no uh yes it just depends on how like, see you know right. what I mean right like it if it's embarrassing on... the answer is no right I don't I don't want to be although you can spin it right you can eventually save it Neil. Depending I mean, on what it is. I mean, if it was bad and then I got to go on Tosh.0, oh, that, <laughs> that'd be fine because I like him. See? So. There you go. Yeah, he's fine. He's a good, he's a good show. That's, uh, I like oh. that those, those things, the, uh, what, it, what does he call them? He goes, um, the... I, can, of course, can't See, no, can't I, can't, I can't think of it either. Tosh.0, oh, he lets you do the, uh, like the redeem yourself thing. Um, it's, uh, you don't need to know what that team. Most of the people <laughs> listening right now are like, what the hell is this? Tosh.0. Where do I get that? It's a good show. It, it's fine. Uh, he's funny. He's a comedian, and he, you know, uh, takes on the internet. Essentially, that's the show. Uh, one other thing I want to mention, and I can't, I can't help myself, Neil. I keep going back to coronavirus. I don't want to. I just, I can't. It's everywhere. It's yes. when you guys prep the news right now, and you're looking for all these different news stories to, you know, put out on our on our social medias or wherever. How many of them are coronavirus? A uh, good Some majority take, right now. Right. It's yeah. insane. Uh, out of New York. Andrew Cuomo, and I don't know if we have the audio. I know that Westwood One's been playing it. But Andrew Cuomo was very proud uh, today to unveil a New York State um, um, hand sanitizer. He said it's a superior product, and you've heard that on the Westwood One reports. It's not only cheap, but it's going to be really great for killing germs. Uh, It's much cheaper for us to make it ourselves. This is me quoting Andrew. uh, To make it ourselves than to buy it in the open market, adding that a a gallon jug of the state-produced product will cost about six bucks, and it has a floral bouquet uh, smell. This is, it's, look, I, we even got some, uh, you know, tips on how to handle this topic. Uh, not Andrews, but the coronavirus in general. Like, it's not funny. Uh, people are losing their lives. Like, that's not, I don't want to make a joke about, you know, even the insecurity about the coronavirus, which I'm tempted to, to throw my own opinion out there more and say, like, I'm not, af- I'm not even afraid of, of getting it which is bad, and I should be alone in that, and I'm not asking you to have the opinion of me. But if I were to... I knew somebody who got H1N1 uh, in college when I was in, in uh, Chicago. That's the swine flu. And, like, she's, she's okay. Uh, a lot of people... You know, I know that people are, are losing their lives, and I know if you're in an at-risk group, it, it makes even more sense to be fearful. But just me personally, like, even if I, I came down with this, I'm not asking the world to give it to me. I don't want them to. But I, you know, you got to keep living your life. Like at some point, you just live. You live life. You accept the chances. We drive vehicles every day, and that's the the most dangerous thing we do as people. And we do it every day. So many of us get behind a wheel and drive a vehicle from one place to another. And every single trip, and I'm not I'm not trying to scare people into stopping uh, their their car habits, but every single trip is the that's the riskiest thing you do uh, when you do that. And yet, you know, so many of us just do it. We just live. Life. I'm, I'm telling you to be uh, to take precautions, too, by the way. I don't want this to spiral on me. Like, do wash your hands, do all that stuff. But I, it's, I don't know how to handle it. And there's so many stories about it. And now New, now New York, which this is probably good. Like, if they're selling out, especially in the city, and you, you're going to freak out. I don't want anybody to freak out. Like, if you can't get Purell, and that's going to be the difference between feeling calm or really scared in the coronavirus, give that person Purell. If that's all you need to feel better, you just give them some. Even if it's state-created and it's, you know, the best of its kind for six bucks. Uh, however we do this, just do it so that those people are, you know, uh, uh, 
feel better. And again, I, I, I do want to keep reiterating for at-risk groups, I'm not even really talking about you. Like, I get the fear if you're, you know, part of the, the communities that are, you know, more at risk, which would be the elderly and people that have um, um, immune system compromise uh, things, anything in there that's going to make you less likely to fight something. I get it. But for a majority of us, like, you know, would you, how, <laughs> I don't know how to ask this question. Eight two nine two three four five. I desperately still want this answer. I've been begging for it since I got on air at 2. No one's really done it, and most radio people would move on, but I can't. I can't do it. 829-2345, are you afraid? I want to take an you know, informal poll, however I can. What concerns do you have about it? Uh, but, Neil Doyle, since you're, you're sitting in front of a microphone, I ask you, are you afraid? If you got it, like, would you, what would you do? If I got it, I think I'd be a little nervous. You quarantine uh, yourself, uh, yeah. and you probably get over it. Right, um, um, but I think... You know, in the moment, if you if they say, yeah, you, you have it, I'd be like, huh, that's, <laughs> this is not that's good. Not ideal. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not telling people to, like, fluff it off. Like if I go because I've I've made comments today about how I was never in the same room as someone with it. But I was I was closer than some I have been to coronavirus when I went to D.C., et cetera. So, like, I, I would get tested. And if I if I got tested and had it, I'm not going to say like my response would be like, yeah, no big deal. Like I would, <laughs> I would be nonplus. But like you're for the most part, you're going to be OK. Uh, call her. What's your name? Uh, Kevin. Kevin, what do you want to say? Uh, I'd just like to say that the bigger issue to me is spreading it to those uh, people who are at risk. Yes. So it's not, it's not that I would get it, but it's that I would pass it on to a loved one who sure. has a compromise. That's what we should all be concerned about, about us getting it, is passing it on to a loved one who has a compromise of you. Kevin, thank you so much for the call. i got other calls calling in, so I'm going to let you go. But thank you so much for the call. I, I 100% agree with you that that makes a tremendous amount of sense to be more worried. I mean, we even have people in the office who have talked about, like, you know, traveling plans they have in the future, how it's going to be family. And some of the family members, they might be, yeah, I totally understand that, Kevin. Uh, caller, what's your name? It's Brian. Brian, what do you want I, I to say? Totally agree. I totally agree with the last dude. It's like it's the collateral damage of yeah. the loved ones that might be a little... But, I mean, I, I was just joking around <laughs> earlier today saying, I'll take it because I just want to show everybody how it gives me, like, stomach cramps for 12 hours and then I'm good. <laughs> see, again, <laughs> I'm I... I'm see, resilient. Brian, you and I, are, I guess we're cut from the same cloth in that regard. Uh, there is a company paying people. I don't want to say all that stuff on the air, but, the, like, paying people to let you get tested and get it. Uh, so that, that is out there. Maybe I'll tell you off the air. But thanks again for the call, yeah, Brian. That's right. Let's do it. All right, Later let's problem. do it. Uh, another caller. Caller, what's your name? Hey, Linda, you know. Yes, Linda, what's up? I am not worried about getting it. My big thing is I don't want to go to the hospital. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. Oh, amen to that. I don't want to, especially even the bills uh, from the uh, hospital. Like, I don't, want to, I don't want to have to throw that down. Yeah, but if I die, who's going to pay the bills? Nobody. <laughs> that's dark. Right uh, or wrong. But no, yes. that's not my thing, hospitals. I sure. absolutely detest them. So, so you're saying that you're not, you're not fearful of the, the virus per se, but you would not enjoy having to get serious treatment if you if you were unlucky enough to have a, a serious case of coronavirus. Right. And okay. you know what they also said? You know, everybody got these flu shots this yeah. year. Yeah. They won't combat this. No, they won't. No, the flu shot does not help you with coronavirus. That is, yeah, that's a good thing to mention. Yeah, but how many people realize that? They are. I don't know. I have an 83-year-old woman that I know, and her family says, oh, she's okay because she had the flu shot. No, she ain't. Uh, yep, it's different. This is a different problem. Uh, but thank you okay, for calling honey. back in, Linda. All right, bye. Thanks, bye. Uh, eight two nine two three four five. There you go. A little uh, audience participation. If you want to call in, Kevin made a wonderful point. 
that if you got something, you'd be fearful of transmitting it to other people. That's actually the biggest reason why, however much I'm joking about it, I want to you know, go, go make sure I'm fine because I was in D.C., I was in Chicago, I was in places where cases you know, wound up popping up. So if you're even like me and you're, you're pretty far from being you know, at risk uh, but just curious, the, the whole motivating force behind that, like you, uh, caller, would be to make sure I don't get anybody else sick because uh, that would feel uh, quite a bit different than just having to fight it on my own. Um, and honestly, like that's, and, and th- I'm not trying to vilify uh, people for decision-making at all, uh, but that has been some of the reaction I've heard locally, uh, 829-2345. I wouldn't hear, uh, hate hearing from you. The, the woman who traveled from Chicago to St. Louis via train and went through Bloomington, some people I've heard ask why. Like, why, why did you do that? And especially if you were coming from Italy. It's not just that you took a train while you were feeling a little under the weather, but you came from a, a, a place that was really getting hit hard by something, and then you decided to, to stay in Chicago for a couple of days and then travel you know, via public transit as much as possible. Uh, and I imagine the answer to that question, I can't ask her. I don't have uh, direct contact with the person. But it's just, you know, that's the, that was the plan. They, they go to Italy. They make all the plans. They don't want to rent a car. But, you know, that, that leads us to Kevin's point about protecting others. If, you, if you're coming from Italy and coming to the U.S., if you're on one of these, these cruise ships, you, you know, you got to follow all the things that they're saying out there that you need to do to protect others, quarantine, whatever, because uh, you don't want to put anyone at risk. That, that makes sense. And yet still, like... I'm not going to go buy all the Purell at the Walmart um, because of those things. But a quick break, a lot more on AM 1230 WJBC. Greg Collins' show is going to keep trying to get away from the topic. Karen just called me, one of our sales reps here at AM 1230 WJBC, and let me know that her son, who works at Ross Video, which is a, a huge production company out of Canada, won't be going to NAB, which is the National Broadcasters Association, uh, a national, um, you know, I, it's a conference where a bunch of radio and TV broadcasters go to hang out. Uh, They're not going to go out of fear of the coronavirus. And that actually triggered a bunch of stories that I had on my stack, too, of different things that coronavirus has gotten canceled uh, recently. The fear of transmission of this uh, new novel, you know, COVID-19 virus has we're canceling all kinds of athletic events. We're canceling St. Patrick's Day parades. We're canceling all kinds of stuff uh, nationally and internationally. The Olympics is a huge thing that continues to get debate uh, debated. Will the Olympics be a thing that happens this year. Uh, and it would be that, I, I mean, anything, uh, the ramifications for a company not going to NAB, the ramifications for, you know, um, different sports organizations not having uh, big events, marquee events is, is huge. But the Olympics, that would be financially devastating, not only to the, the sports organizations that are a part of the, the you know, um, controlling of those events, but also, of course, to any location that had been uh, made Olympic ready and or the host city, like just the amount of things that would be shockingly bad about the 2020 Olympics being canceled on a financial scale, both for the Olympic uh, organizations and, of course, for Japan would would be something else. The dates are July 24th through August 9th. If if fear ebbs by then, if control seems to be what we have of coronavirus by then, then and all indications right now are that it'll happen. I think the the torch lighting ceremony might be closed to the public. Uh, that's news I saw today. But beside that, beside having a big public like, yeah, the Olympics are starting event, the, the athletes are all going to compete uh, as far as I've seen. But, man, it would be devastating 
uh, to those organizations if that goes away. And there's just so much fear. There's so much fear out there. And honestly, and I, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. That's not my job. My job uh, is to tell you how I feel sometimes, but not to tell you you got a copy. Uh, but when I continue to to read these stories and and see all this stuff, my mother even texted me that she'd be happy to get the coronavirus. That's weird, right, Neil? Ma would be happy. Yeah. The reason why she said she works, she's a teacher. She mm-hmm. works for the state. She'd get paid time off. That quarantine yeah. would be paid, baby. That's true. Right. So that's that's Ma's reaction to it. Um, but you know, uh, for however you feel, right or wrong, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. Like we, my consensus feeling is you just keep, you keep living life. You got to keep living life. You do everything you can to prevent things. When you drive in a car, you try to do it safely. Uh, when you, you know, hit flu season, not just coronavirus time, but regular flu season, you should be following all the protocols to protect yourself. Uh, and as several of our callers pointed out, this is even more fearful because of how detrimental it's been to, to certain subsets of our population. And if you have family members that are in those groups, of course, You'd be scared of giving them things. Back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Hey there, Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, coronavirus fever, uh, fear, uh, whatever you want to call it, is, is a thing. Uh, fevers, I guess, would be a thing for anyone that gets it, too. Uh, so I'm willing to talk about that today, 829-2345, but I want to do it the, the whole show. I actually said for these next two hours, 4 o'clock and 5, I will be completely free of topics that hit on that unless you call in and, and make me, 829 829- Two, three, four, five. But if you're just if you're done with reading stories and headlines and things that are somehow connected uh, to the coronavirus for the next two hours, just like outside of right now, I guess, just like any uh, music station that goes commercial free, we are going that topic free from now until six o'clock. Uh, and I start out with a topic about Meghan Markle. I am always fascinated uh, with uh, anything involving her and her her husband, um, Prince Harry. And the fact that they decided to step step away from being royals. I, I mean, there was a viral interview that a press person, some writer um, that works for, I don't even know which magazine, because I think the, the magazine that was in her byline when she was on television isn't the one she currently works for. But in the UK, just like, you know, making disparaging comments while talking about her, uh, while talking about Meghan Markle during an interview, like something to the effect of just a like five or six degrees separated from trailer trash. And that went viral because of how nasty it is. It's just it's crappy in a way that makes no sense. Uh, but I think the the guest was trying to say that that people in the UK really don't think she's special at all, obviously, in the way that she was trying to articulate it. And that I don't know, like the drive by insulting of, of Meghan Markle makes me think and especially that one, which went viral. Uh, makes me think they made the right decision. Uh, but anyway, this is a totally different story. I guess she, for uh, Women's International Women's Day, got to visit a school. Um, so she goes to a school, and it might have been somewhat of a surprise that she went into that uh, school to talk, to talk about the importance of International Women's Day. And she started out by throwing out an invite. Uh, what Meghan Markle said when she was standing in front of a microphone, this was at a high school, I believe, was she invited a brave young man, quote, to come up on stage and talk to her about the importance of International Women's Day. And I guess uh, a 16-year-old kid was like, I, I'm, I can do this. That's, that sounds great. Uh, the kid's name is Acker. He decided to, to you know, go up on stage. And I guess, and this is what's the funniest uh, part of it, too, I, to all the people that were there, I guess, and then the photo that exists. Uh, Megan gave him a hug, which is against any sort of royal uh, thing. But I guess they also did an event over the weekend or a couple different events where they were breaking royal traditions like crazy because very soon they're they're not active uh, royal members. But so a 16-year-old uh, guy gets a hug from Meghan Markle, and 
he seemed to enjoy it a lot. He was very happy. His photo, uh, his face, like he was, you know, smiling and embracing and just, you know, excited. Uh, he described it as the best day of his life, <laughs> by the way, when asked about it later. Um, but I guess because, you know, everyone saw how much he, he smiled and seemed, you know, uh, to be happy that he was, he was hugging Meghan Markle. He also issued a letter uh, that he put out in one of the newspapers in the U.K. as an apologi- apology <laughs> to Harry. I think this is pretty funny. He wrote, this is the 16-year-old who talked about the importance of, of International Women's Day with Meghan Markle at his school, uh, an impromptu appearance that surprised him, and then he also got a hug. He wrote, uh, Dear Harry and Meghan, Harry, hope you don't mind me writing this letter first. I hope you don't mind me cuddling your wife, and I think that's just, you know, uh, lost in translation, because to us that would be a very different thing. But I guess that's what he said in the U.K. It was just a hug uh, for anyone confused. Uh, the, the kid continues, I was just overwhelmed and shocked to see her arrive at my school. It was a pleasure to hear her speech and speak in front of her as well. She is truly inspirational. I, I nearly met you, Harry, last year when you came to East London for something else, uh, but I was away with the school. I hope to meet you one day. Good luck for your future. With kind regards, Acker. He just wanted to issue an apology, issue a letter out there <laughs> to explain it. I guess he also, in the moment after meeting her before giving, you know, whatever his takes were on the conversation they were having. He just said, you know, she's really beautiful, huh? And then started talking about other stuff, and it it made her laugh. So, you know, Acker got to meet Meghan Markle and treated her way more like a human than any of the press in the U.K. did, and then issued a, you know, a a kind of tongue-in-cheek apology about the hug he gave uh, Prince Harry's uh, wife, Meghan Markle. It, it's uh, To me, it's a pretty funny thing. Uh, Acker told us, this is the news organization quoting uh, a conversation with him too, uh, told us Meghan's visit to the school. Um, oh, excuse me. Now, this is what it is. I just, I almost misread that. Acker's dad was also interviewed by the publication. And the dad mentioned that the son forgot to, to talk about the fact that he got the hugger. Uh, the dad said Acker told us that Megan visited his school, but forgot to tell us he got to go up on stage and have a conversation with her. He's really excited about it. It sounds like Megan took it well, which is great. I think it will stay with him for the rest of his life. And as I said, this 16-year-old kid described it as the best day of his life. The best day of his life, just to get a hug from you know a, a person who had to step back as a royal because all of the, the press out there hate her. They, just, they seem to hate her, like actively, truly. Um, and if you go and watch that other viral thing I was talking about, a woman on, I forget what you know television station it was, uh, but she popped up and they were talking about Megan and the way that the, the two you know, royals who were about to step back were behaving well in the UK for a couple different events. And for whatever reason, the, the press person like took a shot, uh, which also just doesn't make sense to me. In other news... Uh, moving on to something else I found entertaining, and I'll throw the photo up on social media. Um, people were really afraid this past weekend of a lion that might have been roaming the streets of Spain. Uh, several phone calls to the local police saying that, you know, there's a lion loose, there's a lion. Uh, someone has to come to our, our neighborhood and make sure to to capture this African lion that's just roaming around, kind of like, you know, enjoying themselves. So before I tell you what actually was going on, out of curiosity... How would you react to, like, you know, glancing in the backyard and seeing an African lion? I imagine that would be a, a shocking situation. Uh, but what I love about this story is it wasn't actually a lion. It was a dog, a bigger dog that someone had shaved strangely. So it looked like it was a big, giant mane in the front, and then it was a whole bunch of, of hairlessness beyond it. 
So I guess someone just like, you know, gave their dog a lion haircut and then police had to respond to a bunch of like, no, there's lions here. You've got to save us. It's just somebody's the dog will play fetch. You'll be fine. But that is that's crazy. Do we blame the person who cut the hair this way? Like, do we blame that person for doing a, a lion haircut on their almost convincing looking lion dog? Yeah, I think that's partially where the blame should okay. go. Yeah. Where else does it go? Yeah, really only, yeah, to whoever cut the hair like that. Because you, it makes sense that people might have gotten a little scared that they saw what looked like it could be a lion. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're not, you know, especially if you're not really paying attention, right. you kind of just glance up. It's like, oh, I mean, uh, that, that could cause some fear. Yeah. Look, if, it, if it's that convincing, and I'll throw the picture up and you guys decide, how cool would it be to bring the lion air quotes to the park and just play fetch with it? Like, how much of a, uh, a badass would you look like as a human if you're just out there, like, throwing a ball and this lion was, was playing fetch just in the middle of public? I know there might be fear, but there also would be a little bit of, like, that guy's insane. Well, I think, yeah, he'd get some phones that get he wh- would. whipped out and some videos start, he would. start getting taken, yeah. Yeah, that Acker kid from the other <laughs> story would probably high-five him. He'd be like, yeah, lion guy. Man, just think if that had been his whole day. If he went from hugging Meghan Markle to seeing a lion outside, like, that dude would just, he'd be like, every day, we'll never compete. With this day, how funny though that it winds up being a a dog with a lion haircut. And uh, as Neil said, that's probably irresponsible. So, quick PSA before I break: If you're here in Bloomington and in Normal, and you have a dog that could convincingly look like a lion if the hair were cut that way, don't do it. Do not cut the hair to be lioness because that's just not nice. A quick break and a lot more on AM 12:30 WJBC. We're the severe weather voice. I'm laughing because I just got a couple messages. Uh, Greg called in during the break to tell me really. People confused a dog with a lion. I've put it out there, uh, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. You can see the photo of what the uh, the dog looked like, how it was groomed to be lion-ish, and then you decide if you would have been tricked too. I also got a message from uh, regular listener Brian on social media that said, it's like looking at a Chrysler 300 and thinking it's a Bentley. You don't really know what it is till you see the real thing. Uh, if you've gone to a zoo or seen a lion, and now I'm just adding Brian to your comment, but what you're saying is that if you've gone and seen a real lion, It'd be pretty hard for a dog to trick you into thinking it's also a lion. But it's, it's, it's more convincing than you guys think. Greg and Brian, go to Facebook.com slash, slash The Craig Collins Show. Am I saying I would have been tricked? I don't know. But it, it's, it's very odd. And actually, like they even left a big amount of fur on the tail, like the very back end of the tail. So it looks like it does. It looks like, you know, somebody, I don't know, maybe a kid went crazy and, you know, groomed a dog in a way they shouldn't have. And it's, it's, it's lion-ish. <laughs> and again, as uh, newsman Neil also points out, if you only like see it in passing and then start to, I don't know, flee the area, you might not turn back to confirm. Uh, but I still lost uh, opportunity here. If the owner of this dog had gone to the park and just played fetch, he would have seemed like he honestly, like Netflix would be signing him to a TV deal right now to be the next like Bear Grylls. Because you're just like playing fetch with a, with a rogue lion in public until everybody finds out it's just, it's just your dog. Uh, but that is a story I've done. I'm going certain topics free. I'm not even going to mention what they are anymore, but I'm going to try to be certain topics free for the rest of my show today. If you want to talk about big things in the news, uh, you can call 829-2345. I will still do it. Uh, the news will cover it, though, so I can I can move on to other stuff. Um, if you like to buy a lot of things online, uh, I like to do that. You might wonder from time to time why Monday seems like a really bad day for a delivery. Uh, have you ever noticed that if you throw something out there with, you know, the guaranteed delivery for a day or two or whatever it is, and then it's often late at the beginning of the week. Apparently, this is due to a, a Monday effect that was recently studied. 
It was demonstrated that not only are humans a little bit lazier uh, on weekends, but, you know, there's not as many people working, not as many people on the road. I had a truck driver call me uh, on Friday and be like, hey, man, just so you know, everything you've ever bought, it was on a truck at one point. And that's pretty true outside of, like, I guess maybe a plant that I bought that got grown here locally. But pretty much everything you own, whether you buy it online or locally, at one point a truck driver got it to you. And so if you rely entirely on online purchases and, like, you need stuff uh, in advance, you can't do it uh, early in the week. And honestly, this should make a lot of the, the stores here locally happy because you should shop local. You should shop local all the time because those tax benefits help our, help our city, help our, you know, community. But, uh, you know, if you don't, and I, I'm a hypocrite because I, I, I shop online every so often. It happens. Um, at least know that if you need something soon, you really shouldn't buy it during the weekend because it's not getting there on Monday. Uh, or at least it's less likely than any other day in the week. I shouldn't say it's not because certainly you're still probably getting a lot of those deliveries. But it's, you know, uh, that's, that's the goal. If you've got to get something quick and you're looking at the weekend, you probably want to go into a store and check it out that way too. Or if you just want something that fits you. Man, we've sent so much stuff back. Oh, man, I don't want to blame uh, Betty for it, but, like, we've both, uh, Betty and I have, have tried to buy, like, you know, clothing items recently, and it's just, it's so many returns, It's uh, and they take them at Kohl's. See, like, you drive over to Kohl's, you drop it off. I think they know us by name now. I think that all the people that work there now know my wife and I by name because we have sent way too many things back, and if you just buy them in person, you wouldn't have that problem. Scott Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, I'm going to use the next little part of my radio show as like kind of a, a therapy session, a little bit cathartic, uh, just something I'm going to do here. Because uh, I, I did something, I said something that immediately got me judged, and I want to throw it out there to the world, 829-2345, and uh, see the response from <laughs> from the public. I yeah, I went a road I should have gone. So um, I think I've mentioned it at least once, uh, maybe more when I talked to uh, Dr. Wieland, is that how you say his name? Uh, John Wieland? Yes. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I know that uh, I've heard Wieland before, too. Dr. Wieland, on uh, the morning show, I got to fill in for Scott one day and talk to him. I mentioned that I have a, uh, a hernia right on my belly button. Like, my the, the little belly button has a little, like, it sticks out, you know? And I guess that's some intestine. I'm getting real gross to start. That just is, like, you know, protruding. I have an Audi instead of an Innie right now, and it's like a little, a little thing. And so I bumped into a friend of mine uh, recently... And we were chatting about it, uh, and his um, uh, wife is currently pregnant, um, so that, that matters for the story. Um, and we're chit-chatting about the belly button and the little uh, blurb, and he asked me if he could push it in. <laughs> it's the weirdest. It's not like I had to, like, pull my shirt up or something. Uh, he wanted to just, like, just push because I told him you can push it in. Like, I was trying to describe it, and I don't know why it came up, but it did. Uh, and it was a thing, and he's like, can I, can I push it in? And I looked over at his wife, who's currently pregnant, and I was like, man, now I know what it feels like when you get asked, like, can I feel it kick? And uh, no, ah, uh-uh! I was immediately judged for that idea because I only I've only been asked once since I've been talking about having a hernia, which has been two years. And I guess she gets asked very often if people can just like put a hand in her stomach to feel a baby kick. So I immediately got in trouble, one for rejecting the request by my buddy to you push my belly button like I'm like the Pillsbury Doughboy, and then two to try to you know. Uh, commiserate, uh, commiserate with, you know, uh, a pregnant woman who deals with the the baby touching a lot. How badly did I do? One to ten, as far as foot in the mouth moment there. Um, Neil Doyle, what say you? I, I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah. I don't think it was that yeah. bad. I mean, nobody got mad. I, they didn't unfriend me. We're all still buddies. But at the same time, like you know, apparently I misjudged 
the amount of demand for uh, the the baby kick situation. I've never asked a a pregnant lady if I can put my hand on them. I've just never done that. No, yeah, it's not been me. But I mean, I guess they get it a lot. And I had also never been asked, can someone touch my stomach before? And so I don't know. Is it akin? Is it similar? If anyone's ever had a hernia before, I know I have at least one guy that calls me off the air sometimes about it. Eight two nine two three four five. Am I in danger as I talk about this more of having more people ask if they can touch me? I don't. I don't think so. I would imagine it's just I have one very strange guy that I know um, who wanted to, you know, see how much of my belly button was sticking out. It was the weird. It was the weirdest few minutes. We were all laughing, like you know, everybody in good spirits. But again, I kind of wanted the judge's ruling eight two nine. Two, three, four, five. Like, did I step in it? Am I, am I a complete idiot? Neil, you say no. No, I think you're fine. I like that. That's good. Good. See, uh, but I, it's dangerous road. Whenever, ever, as a guy, you try to like say you understand anything about uh, babies and you know, like having them inside you. That's never even this. Even my very innocuous version. It seems like that's danger. That's a that's a you know a rocky road at best to go down that road. And that's the path I I went down. But it just it seemed to make the most sense at the moment. To, to see the situation be like, man, this must be how you feel all the time. Not at all. I have a baby in me. Yeah. And the thing I, that happened. And I feel like, though, I don't think, it, you know, I don't want to say wrong to compare, but, yeah. you know, I guess maybe you don't know how many times, you know, a, a, a woman yeah. gets asked who's pregnant. Oh, can I, <laughs> can I, can I, can I feel You totally didn't think you were weighing in on this today, did you, Neil? No, I, did, I okay. didn't know we were going to talk about yeah, it's this. It's happening. But, but I feel like, because I've had, you know, ants that have, you know, had multiple yeah. babies. And yeah. so some of them, you know. Now, if it's just a random person, but obviously this is, you know, a, I know a friend of people. yours. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a little different. Uh, you know, but some people I feel like either right or are fine with that. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you want to feel the baby kick. And then there's, you know, some right. people who are just like, yeah, right. no, I'd rather, no. rather not. Uh, caller, what's your name? Oh, this is Tim. Tim, what do you want to say? Uh, you know, uh, I think you're well within your rights to tell him you can't poke your, don't poke your belly button. <laughs> that's, I, well, that's I felt like fine about that. Point. Yes, I felt fine about that. Yeah. And, and so I think you compensated by kind of trying to deflect that. It did, right? And and but but at the same time, when a, when a when a, a a woman is pregnant, there's no there's no male identification with that. Okay, at all. See, ever, that's right? that's so. what that's what I was told. You can't you can't identify with any process, anything. You can't even compare things the way I did because it's just it's not the same. It's just not the no, same. Yeah. You, you're going to lose. That, I, that's a lose right there. I, I definitely lost to that part of the conversation. Uh, but thank you, Tim, for calling in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, de- I definitely did. I de- The minute you broached the, you know, oh, I totally get one very small aspect of this. They're like, uh-uh, none whatsoever. Um, but I, I just didn't expect that. I think he was probably kidding in retrospect. And, like, it's a guy that I'm, I'm friends with. Obviously, we don't see each other enough that I can have a hernia for two years and it doesn't come up. Uh, but then you bump into the guy and you're like, oh, I got this. He's like, oh, can I push it? <laughs> I can't even. Ah, should I stop have, being friends with him? Have, has anybody? And you said this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah. Where somebody? Huh. I mean, I, it's not like it's a it's a huge talking point for Collins. It's not like I go to it often when I bump into people I haven't seen. And I forget why. Like I don't. It was somehow organic. That or I'm weird. I mean, either or. We're probably both. But somehow it came up, and then you know I deflected, and then it just in the moment I thought, okay, this is totally what they get, and she's like, not at all. Uh, by the way, my mom did text. She said that. Uh, <laughs> My mom weighs in on the strangest of topics sometimes on this show. She said it rarely happens with adults, but kids ask all the time. So kids will ask to feel babies kick constantly. If a kid asks to push my belly button, I mean, nope, I still, uh-uh. I feel weird with that sentence. Even that sentence, I'd probably tell them, no, you can't touch Uncle Craig. Leave Uncle Craig alone. That's not what this is for. 
It's not, I'm not the Pillsbury Doughboy. And, you know, there might be somebody in your situation that says, sure, go right ahead. Right. Just, you, you never know, know. It's personal preference. It's each their own. Mark Strauss just wandered into the room. Um, am I in trouble for, in some way, shape, or form, pretending I get some aspect of the pregnancy experience? Is that what you want to weigh in on? Well, you're not in trouble with me, no. Okay, I just, good. Uh, what did you want to talk about? No, I, I just I heard you just say something about somebody poking your belly button. Yeah, I have a hernia, so my belly button sticks out. Um, and so, like, you know, I, I say that I can poke it in. And I ran into this guy I hadn't seen in a while. It's a radio guy that I've, I've known for a while. And he was like, oh, man, can I, can I do that? As I'm describing it, I'm like, no, you can't, you can't push me. You can't. I'm not. It's not going to happen. And then because his wife, who's standing next to him, is currently pregnant, my brain connected those things. And made a comment that she then, not no one was mad. It was all very, like, smiley. To, it's not, no one got angry. But she seemed to be like, you don't understand any of this. And I, I thought maybe I did for a second. Have you had your hernia repaired? Not yet, no. I, well, once, I have, so this is a whole story. I don't even tell it on the air. Yeah, I got it fixed once. It didn't work. So the doctor was like, you don't need mesh, which if you listen to any radio station and or late night TV, they're scared of mesh. Like, you put mesh in there and apparently it can go bad. So my doctor was like, ah, I'll just put some stitches in. You'll be great. Well, those are what you're hearing on TV are the lawyers trying to file class action suits. Yeah. Yeah, right. I know. Those are, those are the, the commercials or the billboards for the most part is like, get in today. I had a hernia in 2004. Okay. And I had it repaired. How quickly after you found it did you have it repaired? Like right uh, away? Within, uh, within two weeks. Okay. Yeah, it's been two years now for me on time two. So I, I got it right. It, it, it wasn't bad at all. No, no. The repair? I've had two repairs. I had, I, my medical history is not for the radio show, <laughs> but I've had problems, Mark, and they've had to keep going back into the stomach, and it doesn't get better. And this one, like, it, it failed immediately after did they did the Did they have to cut you, or did they blow you up? They, well, the first time I got cut, and now every other time I've been laparoscopic, yeah. which I think is blown up. Yeah. yeah. And then they put a bunch of things in, all these different holes. I got a bunch of things that's just not good, and I don't want anyone to, to poke my belly button. That's just not something I want. Um, but... Yeah, no, I, I I have to get it fixed again, and I don't, I don't want to. Well, there's a guy over in Peoria named Is there? Dr. Crawford. Okay. And uh, so here, here's the story on this. So I found out I had a hernia. Well, I knew I had a hernia because, yeah. boom, boom, I had a hernia. Yeah. So uh, I call my doctor. I see my doctor. He refers me to Crawford. Mm-hmm. Crawford sees me, says, we'll set this up for two weeks. Mm-hmm. You go here, gets done. Nice. Everything's cool. And it went very smoothly. All knock right. on wood. <laughs> uh so, but anyway, uh, I come to find out that, that uh, everybody in Peoria has had Doc Crawford fix their hernia. Except me. Well, here's how I found out. I'm outside. I'm working in the yard. My neighbor comes out. Yeah. He says, how you doing? I heard you had a hernia repair. Yeah. I said, I'm doing great. Uh, he asked, who was your doctor? Dr. Crawford. Hey, that's the same guy <laughs> that did me. And yours is great. And you he's, my, he's my next door neighbor. Wow. But that's my point is... You know, yeah. Why well, need that? I, mine was done in Peoria. It was right after I moved there. He's out like of, the out of master chef of hernia repair. I need this guy. That guy. I don't know why he didn't do the first one. Uh, but now I, I feel. And like, I've had no trouble with it since. Thanks. And so here's the thing. I come out of it. I see him. He said, "Hey, look. You know what I did? I did both sides because okay. I went in for one side." Yeah. He said, "But I was in there. Looked a little weak. Did the other side." <laughs> Put a little mesh in you. Nice. You're, you're cool. You're See, good as new. I need this guy. I, I, I've had two different ones. I had one that's fixed and I guess fixed, but it hurts. Like I need I need someone to just go in and notice all the problems, man. I, I'm a, a old car in need of a very deep oil change at this point. It's it's not good. Uh, but I'm s I am do not want to go back. 
once it fails one sure. time, you know, you want to. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So I might just keep letting it balloon. And then eventually people might have to poke me because it might be too obvious not to. But at least at least this past weekend, I, I shied away from that. Thank you for, for jumping in for my hernia segment, Mark. I didn't know we had that in common. We're like, you know, hernia pals now. That's a thing. Is that a thing? That's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the dumbest thing you've said in a while, Craig. I like that uh, uh, one of the, our regular listeners, Brian, uh, calls the show, and he also messages me, um, and he's telling me that he's got a great hernia story. Uh, he said he can keep it PG, so uh, that's totally fine, Brian. I'll, I'll talk to you on here. You can call in. Uh, I've got a break, though, coming up in like two or three minutes for news, so maybe call in after the news or after Cody because i got a guest coming in. But at some point, we're going to hear uh, listener Brian's hernia story, and he's going to keep it as PG as possible. I like that. Uh, that's uh, that's good. We'll do it that way because I don't I don't want to get fired, Brian. Don't get me fired. That's not going to be good. Um, <laughs> I'm also setting up a lot of other stuff right now on the Facebook page. I should probably get to uh, the show content stuff because you know I'm trying to get more bands music in studio. We're going to have some bands performing on the Craig Collins show. Uh, check out my Facebook pages if you want more information about that. If you're a local band um, that you know thinks you uh, have the skills, because I, I do have to have some barometer for uh, skill level, right? Like I can't. I can't. I would love to put everybody on, but you know I shouldn't. Um, so <laughs> find me on Facebook if you think that you're, you know, a band that uh, could use some exposure and you know is valuable. Uh, and Facebook.com/slash/GregCollinsShow. I'll try my best to get some people on on Fridays to uh, relax a little bit, have some fun music uh, events. SpaceX is going to be sending their first three tourists to the International Space Station uh, for their first ever private trip. Uh, this is coming up. This is a thing. They announced uh, last week, I think it was. Uh, on the 5th, that they are, um, you know, have a signed deal in place with Axiom Space, which is a startup uh, which plans to take tourists up there <laughs> three at a time. I know, man. There was even a, a viral thing for a while that one of the guys that wanted to do this wanted to turn it into, like, a date. Uh, it's the same guy who's just giving people money on the Internet. Um, but three passengers are going. The set of the actual launch is the second half of 2021 right now. Crew Dragon. We'll link up with the space station, and the passengers will be allowed to spend eight days there before returning to Earth in a mission which is set to launch in the second half of 2021. It's only got three spaces. Everybody can't go. But if we could get someone to go, would we go? I would definitely go. If someone let me go to space, I would do it in a heartbeat. Neil, if you could report from space, are you going? I don't. I mean, not first trip. Maybe not the first trip. Okay, yeah, see? I get a lot of people would say no to first trip. It's for the wealthiest of tourists right now. It's going to cost a, I think the legitimate uh, amount is a crap ton of money. I don't see anything saying how much exactly. But it's uh, it's not going to be cheap to get up there in space if that's what you want to do. Oh, man. Can we, like, is that wrong to set up, like, a GoFundMe, send Craig to space? I think that's wrong. I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the worst things have happened on the yeah, Internet. Yes. Way, they've asked for worse. Way worse. Yeah, send Craig to space. It's a thing. We could try to broadcast from there. I could. Can I take a Comrex unit? You think that'll work in space? Do you, yeah, I don't know if we can. Uh, the signal retail. Yeah, I don't know if they have an Ethernet connection. <laughs> I'm going to email them beforehand, guys. Really excited. Crew Dragon sounds like a great group of people to meet. Just out of curiosity, is there an Ethernet connection? Because I got a radio show in Bloomington on Friday. Man, I, I want to go. I just. Uh, I, I. Do you think this ever becomes like so easy that everybody can do it? You know, like uh, electric cars or. I don't know anything else. Like eventually, we get to a point technology-wise where everybody can just go. I, you know, eventually, yeah. I, I, not during my lifetime. Neil Doyle's not going to bet on Craig being in space. 
Yes or no? Am I going to space, Neil Doyle? I'm going to say yes. Okay. Curiosity Daily co-host Cody Goff knows a bunch of ways to make you smarter. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. Let's see if he can help a lost cause like the Craig Collins Show. Hey, leave him alone. He doesn't know anything. That's right. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. My Monday guest every Monday at 5 o'clock is... Curiosity Daily co-host Cody Goff. Uh, Cody, welcome to the program. Happy Monday to you, Craig. <laughs> Happy Monday to you, buddy. Uh, you host a show that uh, uh, you put out five episodes a week. It's Monday through Friday. It's called Curiosity Daily. Check it out. It is a podcast that's won multiple awards. You co-host the show with Ashley Hamer. Uh, the two of you guys make us smarter in just a few minutes every single day. Have great interviews, uh, a bunch of uh, great stuff. And what we do on this very radio segment is we recap some of last week's topics so that you get a sense for what's out there. Uh, and you can go back, by the way, podcasting lives forever. They can listen to these episodes or just start listening moving forward because, again, you're going to enjoy the heck out of it. And it's it's on smart speakers, so Cody can wake you up if that's what you want. <laughs> he wakes me up all the time. So I got a few topics for you. And then I'm going to go rogue uh, for a bit. Um, but, Cody, let's start off with one of the topics I love that you guys covered, how pop songs are getting sadder. I try to source songs for my bumps on this uh, radio show. You know what that term means. And, like, I've noticed mm-hmm. that, like, more and more of them are, I can't use that one. That one's sad. Like, I got I to gotta keep moving on. Why are they getting sadder? Well, why is a bit of a question for debate, but a leading theory is something basically called cultural evolution. Nice. Uh, essentially, like... One pop song with, and, and by the way, they did this by running an analysis of, it was literally tens of thousands of songs from 1965 to 2015, and they, they did a sentiment analysis. So they looked at how many times you would see words like happy or nice or love versus songs like hate or sadness or you know misery mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and yeah, they've gotten a lot sadder. And what they think may have happened is basically just a chain reaction. One really sad or angsty song starts to hit the charts and gets really big. And then other, you know, top 40 writers <laughs> are like, well, if we do that too, then they'll be big. And then we need to be angsty. Snowballs. Yeah. You, you can basically blame Kurt Cobain. I'm not, I mean, that's not <laughs> science, but I'm, I'm anecdotally going to say okay. I'm just going to blame Kurt Cobain. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. That, that makes sense to me. I don't know why. Um, but maybe also they've said this before. I don't know if you guys have studied this, like creativity and where it comes from, like what inspires us. And you, you need to be, I actually, you know what? No. I want to take that back. I'm not quoting a study. I'm quoting an ex-girlfriend who I thought at the time was totally wrong in what she was saying, but she said that mm. like to be really creative, you need to have gone through painful things. You can't be creative and happy, is what she said to me. I remember walking away from that date like, why Why am I dating this person? But have there, are there any studies that say stuff like that? Like you need huge emotion to write things? We actually did cover a study. Knew it. Um, and and it was this. I think it was totally different. But we've covered it. We so we've done a bunch of studies of research into like ways to inspire your creativity, ways to kickstart it. Mm-hmm. Um, myths around creativity. One of the myths around creativity um, was basically that you have to be. Um, I don't remember if it was like kind of like either mentally unstable or like the mad genius. Yeah. Actually, that was. That was a study, like the mad genius, you don't have to actually have some kind of um, like condition to be a really smart person, um, stuff like that. Okay. So, and, and these were to, you know, these, these scientific studies tell us basically, like, get away from the harmful stereotypes. Like, you don't have to really be emo. Like, you, I keep bringing up Kurt Cobain. I don't even like Nirvana. It's totally fine. Um, you but, do you. 
<laughs> people like you you shouldn't always automatically assume like oh somebody is x so they are y so right. Uh, well, and I'm more importantly, you, man, I mean, like Pharrell Williams wrote a song called Happy. He could have done that when he was sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting a little bit of that? Am I playing the song for you? I love that song. See? Yes, yeah. I hear it. He couldn't have been sad when he played that. Like, there's no way. He's sitting around. He's like, what should mm-hmm. we write about? Happiness? Come on, people. That, that made some money, I think. Uh, radio shows are being broadcast from outer space to us. Is, am I getting the... Uh, the story correctly that you guys reported on and more importantly if i'm getting it right are they better than my radio show the ones coming from space cody well that's not possible craig we all know that <laughs> yes um, fantastic answer they're, they're, they are called fast radio bursts okay and we are we are detecting these mysterious radio signals from outer space um a fast radio burst is um, pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's like a burst of uh, of really, really powerful radio signal from far away. Um, researchers have detected these a bunch of different times, uh, and we don't really know anything about what they come from. They just know they're fast bursts of radio energy that are really energetic. Gotcha. Um, that sounds but, like me. But there's, there's, yeah, but right, exactly. But this is exciting because scientists detected for the first time one that repeats at regular intervals. So it's on a 16-day cycle. Sure. So it'll like go live for for a little bit and then kind of like turn off. Mm-hmm. Um, they think it's probably because of natural phenomenon, like let's say a couple planetary objects orbiting each other, and so like the the bursts are interrupted. No, um, you know, I don't know about I that. It's not. Am I going to say it's not aliens? Uh, no, I'm, right. I'm not going to say it's not alien. And how great if the first guy to connect would be like a radio host. Like if that's how we bridge the gap, me or the guy on the other side, like that's the first example. They hear my show. They're like, you know what? We, we're not going to visit the planet. Um, <laughs> I, I got something else for you, man. I pulled up my notes. I take notes, by the way, during the Curiosity hmm. Daily shows to ask you these kind of questions. And I have a listener question for you in a second, which is kind of cool. We haven't had one of those before. Uh, but I, I actually, Whoa. right before the segment started, pulled up the wrong notes. So I kind of want to ask you notes I had for a different interview and just see what your answer is. This is not at all okay. a topic that happened on Curiosity Daily, but it's, it's really, mm-hmm. I take very short, very complicated, like it's kind of hard to understand if you weren't, I, I don't know. But so I have two words and then a question mark, and you can take it any road you want it to go down. But my, my question that I wrote for another interview, baby otters question. So what is your answer to baby otters question mark? Um, you know, I'm an adventurous eater, but I'm going to go with, uh, I may pass on this one. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to answer that question at all. What about kid zookeepers question mark? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to pass on eating them. Well, that's that's not what I said. The question was, (laughs) okay. You told me to just take it home with it. You One more, uh, kid zookeepers question mark. What's your, what are your thoughts? Kid zookeepers question mark. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, not in America. <laughs> so both of those are conversations I had with Jay Tetzlov. He is the uh, a guy behind the Miller Park Zoo. They are allowing a junior uh, zookeepers program. Uh, it's all like learning stuff. And they, they had some baby otters that popped up at the zoo. But I don't know why. I opened that thing, and I'm like, I should just ask Cody questions from another interview. And see, maybe that's a podcast, mm-hmm. right? Questions not for you and see how it goes. Is that? Oh, am I, I in? love that. Yes, I would, I would listen. Oh, me too. We got two people. Uh, no one steal my idea, people. Everyone who's listening <laughs> out there that knows the technology behind podcasting—it's not a lot. Don't take it. Uh, moving on, and this is another question. I guess that's sort of just me being selfish. Do you think I have the coronavirus? Question mark. And I'm going to tell you why I could. Are you ready, Cody? 
Wait, are you ready for you to ask me? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm I gonna. Think you have the the, the end. Yeah. The end of this uh, next thing is is me asking you the question: Do I have the coronavirus? But I think that as I take you on the journey, you might eventually say it's not a zero percent chance. And I've been mm-hmm. talking today on the show about how I probably should go uh, get a test. I don't. I don't want to make light of the coronavirus. It's a serious thing. People have been dying. Uh, but at the same time, like, I, yeah, here we go. So I went to DC, um, and I, I hung out with some people that went to CPAC. Uh, I didn't go to CPAC. And the people I hung out with might not have met the dude who had it, but uh, news just broke that a guy at CPAC at a at a convention that happened in D.C. while I was there had coronavirus. Ted Cruz is like holed up somewhere because he's he's afraid he's been quarantined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also I rode a train, the uh, Amtrak train that goes from Chicago to Bloomington. It actually goes all the way down to St. Louis. And a week after I rode it, someone rode it who had the coronavirus. So I ask you, Cody, with those things in mind, that I was in the same place as you know people who had it and then interacted with people who could who i don't know do you think i have it what it, yes or no as a scientist hundred percent zero percent where you at i i don't think you have it okay um but it's you're not sure where, now were you washing your hands thoroughly for 20 seconds uh, yeah i always sing uh africa by toto um and so i always hit mm-hmm. the 20 okay and do you uh what's the other thing do you have you been avoiding touching your face no, I do that a lot. No, I touch my face constantly. I mean, I'm literally doing it uh-huh. now as we're talking. Okay. Um, stop touching your face. All right. Um, and keep washing your hands. Okay. And look, there's not a non-zero chance, but... Uh, That's scary. We're, we're, you know, so on Curiosity Daily, we don't do a lot of breaking news type stuff. Yes. It's the kind of show you can listen to. Like, you can listen <laughs> to an episode from six months ago, and it's, like, still relevant. I, like, I know. I, I, just... I like how you're back to, like, why am I on the radio again, Craig? Oh, yeah, I'm promoting a thing. Can you stop saying other stuff? Go ahead. What I'm saying is, is so, but despite that, because of how big coronavirus is, like, Mm -hmm. and the massive impact it's having, um, we are starting to occasionally broach a little bit of it. So I I think last week, Craig, when I talked to you on on this show, uh, I mentioned that we had done a little bit of research on, like, kind of how contagious it is, how, um, how it's calculated, like what the fatality rates are and all these other things. So we um, may be doing a question, uh, a listener question, actually, in the next couple of weeks um, where someone was asking about the best way to clean your phone because your phone is just yeah. a petri dish of, 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 of just disgustingness. So um, we'll be doing a segment on that, and we're going to continue to monitor the situation um, and, and see where it goes. But, um, you know, like – it, it's really tricky to talk about because you, right. you know, you don't want to be like a, a, a loudspeaker for like p- telling people to panic. Right. But at the same time, you, you should take it seriously. Like, do wash your hands. Okay. Do not touch your face. As much. And do not, you know, do not spend a ton of time, uh, you know, in in large groups unnecessarily if if it's totally avoidable. Okay. So just be smart and, um, you know proceed with caution and you will try to stay as optimistic as we can but but take it you can you can take it seriously there's a good quote that my wife had it was um you can you can like panic while staying calm or something yeah or like you you basically you don't have to freak out uh when something is going on you're, you're allowed to re- react in a calm uh you know calm collected way your measured response yet again on this show with a topic you didn't see coming uh cody goff for president at some point <laughs> it's gonna happen i can't wait to get behind it i would like to get a, a place don't make me vp that's too much power but give me something somewhere uh that would be wonderful uh before i let you go mm. i should ask you the uh listener question a listener listened to the gps founder interviews you guys did i guess this was mm-hmm. some episodes in the show they thought they were they were awesome 
Uh, is that like a dream guest for you guys, or what would be some dream guests for Curiosity Daily that you haven't had? That is so nice of your, uh, of your listener to say. Yeah, we, we interviewed uh, one of the inventors of GPS, uh, Hugo Fruhoff. Mm-hmm. Is, he's actually a professor at Pepper, I believe it's Pepperdine University. Um, but he's, yeah, he's one of the dudes that like made GPS happen like, you know, decades ago. Um, dream guest? That's a really good question. Like, um, honestly, my number one dream guest of all time is William Shatner. Sure. Um, I, you know, that's <laughs> not exactly science, but like, no. I, I think he's going to have a pretty unique perspective on some things. He's connected. Um, but dude, I've got a lot of, I got a lot of interest outside of science. Like Thomas Pynchon would be the greatest Ooh. guest of all time. He's cause like no one knows where, you know, where the guy lives or like anything about him. He's super mysterious. So you so, just want to um, go hunt him down and that would be a whole part of your, your conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, wait, what's your dream guest, Craig? Who's oh, man. Number one? Cody Goff is my dream guest, and I get him every Monday from 5 o'clock to 5.30, and I ask him crazy <laughs> questions. Did you, did you see William Shatner, by the way, real quick? Didn't he, like, uh, break bad against Star Trek? Didn't that happen just very recently? He breaks, have you, do you follow him on Twitter? He breaks bad all the time. He has actually called me a troll on Twitter. <laughs> so your dream guest has actually yelled at you for being a troll on social media, and you still want to have him on the show? I don't know who runs William Shatner's account, but it's not he, really him. He's it's out of control. It's one of the most one of the most bizarre things on the internet. That's, I think that's one of the most fantastic things. See, and I wouldn't thank you, listener, for asking questions. Cody Goff can answer questions. Uh, he answers mine that are dumb all the time. So, and yours was not dumb, by the way, listener. So please ask those uh, to our social media pages to Cody on his social media. What's your uh, Twitter tag, by the way? My Twitter handle is at Producer Cody. Yeah, you are a radio producer, among many other things, uh, a podcast, award-winning podcast host. Thank you, Cody, for joining me and dealing with my craziness. And next week, I plan to give you more questions from somebody else's interview. <laughs> uh, but please do, uh, you know, come back to the show. Don't, don't run away because of that. Uh, I'll talk to you again next Monday. Yeah, can't wait for it. Hey, I'm a podcast producer, too, not just radio. All I right. do produce the That's Curiosity true. Daily. Yeah, so. you make a bunch of stuff. Producer of all things. Producer of so many things, honestly. Okay, quick break. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, I'm the biggest Yankee fan in the Midwest. That's something you hear about me from Maureen Samuelson. I'm also um, a giant comic book nerd. And it's the, the segment's not going to work. I can't do comic book stuff a lot on the show. Like, I couldn't do, like, a weekly, like, comic book news from Craig Collins. That's not going to work on AM 1230 WJBC. I want to. I really do. Maybe I do a podcast. Uh, but Christian Bale, who is famous for playing Batman, uh, has been announced as a, a new villain in an upcoming Marvel movie. Uh, the Marvel movie is actually the newest Thor movie. It's called Thor um, Love and Thunder. Uh, it's going to feature a female Thor, by the way. Uh, Jane Austen, will, who will be played by the same person who's been playing Jane Austen, Natalie Portman, will get Thor powers. I don't know if it'll be the way the comics do it or a different way. That's all complicated. not going to get into that. Uh, but Christian Bale has been announced to be a bad guy in the movie, and it may have just leaked who he's playing. I guess the more universal question, the the easier question, and then I can nerd out for like a, just a second. Just give me 30 seconds. But is that a good casting? Do you think that the Batman actor will be a good... He's a great actor, honestly. He's won multiple awards. He's, you know, tremendously skilled. Did a great job playing Batman, but did, you know, just as interesting of a job in a bunch of other roles. Uh, recently, he was in Vice, which was a award he was nominated as Best Actor for. He's going to play a bad guy in a Marvel movie. That sentence alone... 
Excitement? Eight two nine two three four five. Neil, do you do you care? Excited? Interested? I just I never really don't care. Got into the market. Dumb. Yeah, I this mean, is so dumb, Greg. It's just it I love just them. Never. I just never. I can't stop myself. I never got into it. None of it. None of the stuff. None of the superhero. Like, do you not like the the fantasy stuff? No, I mean, it just didn't. It never really appealed drew, to you. Drew me in as much. It's yeah. My wife is like that, man. She hates that we go to the. Hates it. <laughs> Every time one comes out, I'm like, but Betty, this one has this, and she's like, that's stupid. What you said is stupid. And then Betty will say this as we're walking to the theater every movie. Hey, Craig, guess what? The good guys are going to win at the end. And I was like, <laughs> and then we went to the, the one Avengers movie where they didn't win right. quite at the end. It had to take a whole second movie. And I was like, see, they didn't win. She's like, but it's good. They're going to win the next one. She, she, she was right. They did. They eventually won. <laughs> Although some people died. Uh, but no, it's, I don't know. They're, they're escapism. All this stuff. Like I talked about uh, TV. It must have been last week, um, I think. But I talked about how, like, you know, you don't need super amazing plots all the time and, like, the, the cleverest writing to be entertained by something. And even though Marvel has done a great job, I think, of being, you know, re- really well-made movies, 90-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, almost everyone that comes out, uh, you know, very highly uh, rated by critics, This ju- it just sounds exciting. The character he's going to play is a guy that's super rich, super wealthy. Does that sound like anyone to you? Does it sound like Batman a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, super re- wealthy. But he abuses all of his wealth. He does bad things with all of his influence. And then eventually, oh, okay, it gets a little fantasy crazy. He becomes a minotaur. That part, not as important. He does. He becomes a real-life minotaur. And that's how he then fights the Avengers because he's got superpowers, super strength, durability, all that stuff. But he's, he's going to be like the anti-Bruce Wayne character in a new movie. That'll be cool to see. A guy who's so tied to, you know, good guy uh, rich dude, and he will get to play bad guy rich dude. I think that's a cool casting move. That's a different twist. I, okay. li- I like right. that idea. See, okay. Oh. Starting to kind of, nope, still not in. You're not going to go. <laughs> I probably would go. I mean, I, go. I did like, I mean, I saw some of the Batman ones. Those weren't, I enjoyed those. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> that's the most lukewarm. Like, I guess if somebody makes this, then I might, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going, Neil. I might go more than once. I, I went to uh, the first Avengers movie more times than I want to admit. Uh, but I did just kind of sort I guess? of yeah okay the first one the very the, yeah. the first time they united all the guys right. in one movie for a comic book nerd was a fairly exciting moment I just want to say that you can judge me eight two nine two three four five uh, was it like that one kid I talked about earlier getting to hug Meghan Markle kind of for me it was it was a really good moment to see them all on screen together am I guessing how many times you saw it in theater or just yeah. total time yeah because I saw it multiple th- well I've dude we can't we don't want to well, go down that I, road well, Betty gets mad that I still pick them like we got <laughs> Disney plus and I'll watch them I own them I've seen them she's like how could you watch this again I'm like a child well, I am nothing wrong with that uh, how many times did I go in theater Neil I'm gonna say six times oh man wow is that way to, too high? It was, or not it was way too, too high. Low? It was too high. Okay. No, way too low. Jesus. Well, I, I don't know. No, I know. I, I got I got a good barometer now for how much of a nerd you think I am. It was three total times well, I saw I it. Overshot a little bit, but it was all the same weekend. So I actually saw it uh, three times in uh, forty eight hours. That's impressive. Yeah, I know that was not good. One of them was my brother's fault. So I saw it once uh, by myself, and then I made Betty go uh, when we woke up. <laughs> Just go right first thing. Yeah. First thing to yeah, do. Yeah, well, your matinee's cheaper, Neil. It's if right. She, if yeah. she doesn't want to waste the money, you got to hit the matinee. <laughs> I went midnight showing on my own, and then I convinced Betty in the morning, and then my brother was texting me. He's like, man, are you going to see this? And I, I just lied. I was like, yeah, I'd love to see it. So then I went to South Bend and saw it a third time. Uh, so three times in 48 hours. 
Uh, but it was great. Did you ever admit to him? You're like, actually, this is my third time going yeah. here. Yeah. When we walked into the yep. into the movie theater, I'm like, by the way, I've seen this twice. He's like, what? <laughs> and then boom, credits. Movie starts. I've done that a couple times now yeah. with my brother. My brother likes to share those movies with me too, because obviously we both grew up on comic books a little bit. Uh, but he's got kids and stuff, and like you know, he doesn't want to come to me, and I, I just can't resist uh, going when they come out. I can't stop. I can't do it. I literally can't. I could not make it an entire opening weekend without seeing a Marvel movie. I've tried. I've tried to not plan on it. I'm not going to go. And by Sunday, I it's like, you know, a guy who has an addiction he can't break. I, I have to go. Why Why are you making yourself not, like, not I don't know. Go? I mean, you know, the wife doesn't really want to go. The brother would like me to go with him, and he doesn't always go opening week. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things moving. I got yeah. buddies in Chicago that used to like to go with me, but I annoy them, too. I'm like, <laughs> did you know in the comic book it happens totally differently? <laughs> I'm that guy. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a couple things wrong with it. <laughs> but I'm excited. Christian Bale will be the new villain in a Thor 4 movie, uh, which is going to be the last of the newest uh, set. They do these, like, phases in Marvel uh, where all the storyline is connected, and then eventually, I don't know. Uh, I'm excited, man. They, they have a new, uh, um, uh, what is it? They got a new Doctor Strange movie coming out in a little bit. They got the uh, Black Widow movie. Com- I just can't. I, they, they can take my money. Disney can just have my money now. If they offered some sort of pass where I just give them a, a set amount of money and then I get to go to opening weekend of all of their movies, I would probably be willing to throw down a lot as long as eventually it plays out well for me. Because, like, say they're a movie-creating company for what? I don't know, 20, however many more years I'm alive. I would pay, how much money should I pay? What, can I, what would be a movie pass to go to all the Disney movies the rest of the time they're created for Marvel specifically? I'm surprised they don't like, they should some, do that. something like this already. They should crown me Captain Nerd, <laughs> and I would get to go to all the showings. They're like, he is very obsessed. He's going to go anyway. So we asked him for $1,000, and he can go to all our movies would from you this do, point forward. Would you do a grand? Would you? If it were all of them? Yeah. Like for the rest of my life. Yes. I'm 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Let's say they release, I don't know, three, four movies a year. And how many years do you think I'm on this earth? I'm going to give myself 30 more years? Yeah, Ish? More, more than that. You think? You think yeah. I'm going to make it past my... I don't know, man. The way that I drink soda and stuff. <laughs> You'll be fine. I think in my mid-60s, it's going to be... Plus, by the way, like, there's got to be a point where the comic book thing wears off. I know my mom probably would have thought it would be in my 30s, and it has not. But I don't know if 60-year-old Craig for sure is going. But if we say four movies a year and I get at least 30 more years of movies, that sounds like it might work out to $1,000, right? Yeah, I think that'd be a it's, fair estimate. It's yeah. ten, maybe I can I bring a guest? Do I get a guest pass for my Captain Nerd ticket that I just bought? Maybe you got to add on, a, you know, oh. a little extra for you. Not another grand, but right. uh, you know, they charge you an extra. Disney would get so confused. You're the first Captain Nerd who's needed a guest. None of the other ones. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's self hate. That's self geek hate right there. Um, because my wife would not want to be crowned a nerd. She would not want it. There'd be no form of that. But that's like 120 movies over 30 years, and at 10 bucks a pop, I mean, I think I'm saving some money, you know? I think it'd be a good deal. Okay. All right. So I'm going to call Disney. I'm going to get on that. One of the many things that I throw out as a completely wrong idea that will never happen on this very program is the Captain Nerd ticket that Disney can sell $1,000 right now. It's an investment for me in the future, and they get the money up front. That's a good, this is a good move for everybody. I honestly think they should probably do it, and I want to be the guinea pig. Have you ever, okay, no, uh, I shouldn't even ask you that. Have you ever gone to a marathon of movie things, like the thing where they show, I don't know, two or three of a series of things? I can't say I have. They I've do al- this. I've always wanted to. Have you? Yeah. Why? I think it'd be kind of cool. Why? I, mean, I like watching movies. I just, I haven't ever 
done something like that, though. Is there a series or something that, like, say, you know, they, they put all them back-to-back? Is there anything that would be tempting enough for you to want to go? Well, I loved Harry Potter. I okay. Mean, just start... There we go. Yeah. There's, there, I found Neil's nerd. I mm-hmm. just dug it down. So if all the Harry Potter movies were played back-to-back, you would not have a 0% interest in going to that thing. Oh, no, I would go. You would yeah. definitely go. Oh, I would all love right. to, yeah. So they do that with the Marvel movies now, and there's so many of them. It's like a multi-day thing. I, I desperately want to do it one time. But again, that's another uphill battle with the wife. I'm like, uh, Betty, there's a 48-hour movie thing that I want to just go live at the theater for. She's like, a divorce. Oh, it's immediately divorce. <laughs> just, you can't say, I, did, I right. just need a little me weekend. Right. I'm going to go uh, <laughs> do, do a little movie watching, yeah. and, and we'll reconvene yeah. in uh, 48 hours. Yeah. No, she, she would not want to like see me after, because like, they don't set up showers and stuff. Yeah. That would be me and all the other Marvel guys and gals that are doing that kind of thing, live in the theater eating popcorn for you know several days. And then come home. That would be the lowest point in our marriage if I ever do do it. And yet I still want to do it. A quick break. A lot more on AM 1230. WJBC. I'm moving on from the nerd stuff. I'm super excited, though, man. I didn't even say who he's playing, but I said it's, it's a Minotaur character and a you know, crazy character. His name's Dario. You can Google him. Google Dario Christian Bale. Uh, Thor 4. Craig Collins show on AM 1230 WJBC with you for just a few more minutes. We got the coaches show coming up this evening. Coach Gillespie will be on. I'm going to have her on my show, I think, later this week, too, to preview the uh, the Missouri Valley uh, tournament that's going to be going on. They'll be playing uh, later on in the week. You'll hear it right here on AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, Amazon is one to not miss a dollar. Anything they can do to make dollars, they, they do it. Um, they have these new stores that are completely touch-free. They're, they're e-commerce-free. They're, well, I don't know about that. But you go in and you it's cashier-free is the word I was looking for. They have the technology. You pick stuff off shelves. They know what's in your cart. You just walk out. They charge your Amazon account. It's cool. It's not in a lot of places. Um, and it's probably not great as far as like job creation, et cetera, goes. They're now selling this technology to anyone else. They call it Just Walk Out. That's the system. It uses cameras, sensors, et cetera, to track what customers are putting in their their carts, and then it has a connected credit card uh, because we all of them, Amazon has all my payment information, <laughs> uh, and the, anyone can use it. If you want to buy this service from Amazon, you now can, and you can throw it into your store and have, I don't know, a great time. No, no exact information on how much it would cost. I can't believe, like, I shouldn't be surprised at this point that they intended to monetize this. Uh, the whole time we've talked about this, though, which has been just really a very small few places that are doing it. It's just been fascination with the technology and how it exists and that, you know, Amazon might be a huge brick and mortar presence in the future if they really had these stores take a take off. Ah, no, they're just developing the technology so they can roll over those investments to somebody else. It's just yet another thing um, that, you know, is going on, I guess, in this world. And yeah, I, I'm not surprised entirely, but a little a little surprised, I guess, that it's a it's a thing they intended to sell from from jump. They don't make things. They don't. Anyway, I'll move on. Um, you can now get drunk on champagne and eat cake as a job. Who's interested? Anyone? Level of interest. Drink champagne, eat cake, job. Sign me up. 65 bucks an hour. Wow. Feeling good? Yeah, I know. Real good. Uh, you would actually be a, a wedding fair tester. That is the role. There's a bunch of different, like, wedding con that just came through uh, Bloomington recently. There's a bunch of these things that happen during wedding season, which is about to kick off, and it goes all the way through September. Uh, so this company would like to pay someone to go to all of them, and the entire time that you're working, 65 bucks an hour, you have to try all the food, social media, the heck out of things. There's an, an enrollment process uh, right now. 
the position requires you to be reviewed, uh, to give a review that's, excuse me, a thousand words long every single time. You have to have great quality photography skills. You have to be able to, you know, give all kinds of different pricing details, et cetera. And then at the end of the day, look like you're having a great time. That's where the drink champagne, eat cake comes in. But wedding con tester is a new job that's coming to the world. I don't think that it's specifically coming here. Uh, but you can apply. Go apply online. Expocart.com. They will review the uh, applications, and somebody's going to get to do this. Somebody gets to be a social media wedding crazy person. They do have a requirement. You have to love weddings. And uh, that sounds obvious. I, I think you could probably lie, too. if you Because, like, honestly, I'd have fun in this world. I don't have to love weddings to love, like, you know, eating cake and drinking champagne, right? No. I, I do wonder, though. It's like after doing that for who knows. For the entire summer? Yeah. It's like, does that does it get old at all? Oh, for sure. I'm sure it does. It has to. You do. <laughs> you wake up, you're in your tux yeah. from, like, last time, and you got to, like, you know, roll out to the next <laughs> one. You're like, oh, man, if I have to eat one more piece of cake. And then you do it. You, you man up and you do it. Because you're getting 65 bucks an hour. That's good money. No, I mean, you could be doing a lot yeah. worse. So. Met, uh, the quote from the uh, CPO of Expo Cart says, Wedding fairs are massive events uh, with thousands of engaged couples visiting them every weekend. With the wedding season coming up, we want to find out just what is currently on offer to all the brides and grooms out there. We're, we've always been keen to expand our service within each sector, ensuring we offer all the things customers want. So it's really just a company that's trying to do some market research by paying one twenty something to get hammered every single weekend. <laughs> Again, not a bad gig, but it's no. like, and then you're going to these these weddings too. It's like you don't know anybody, probably, right? And, and, you know, and so it's like, I mean, you'd really have to be a outgoing and oh, for sure, yeah. There's, I mean, I feel like you'd kind of have to be motivated to kind of get right. I mean, doing all those well, all the time. It's the, like the fact that they're so interested in the photos and stuff, like you said, like you show up alone, you're getting paid to be there, and then you gotta you gotta befriend other people to get a bunch of photos and things. You gotta have a really great time. So yeah, for sure. You're going to have to be, you know, socially motivated to, but it, you know, you got enough champagne in most people and they're going to, they're going to be fun enough. That is true. You know, the pictures might not be great. <laughs> there is a fine line, actually. If they require like pro taken photos, but then I also have to have a good time. I think I'm out. I, I don't think I take them the same. I, yeah, I don't, even without <laughs> any alcohol, I'm not a very good uh, photographer. So I, I don't could, know if I would do very well. I could just see like the first gig they give me and like the photos come through. Like Craig, you got like 65 <laughs> photos of your shoe. Like, man, I got to be honest. Champagne was great that evening. You had a lot of selfies. Right. Why? You know, I thought it was supposed to be pictures of a lot uh, of selfies, and you're not even shot. You're not even <laughs> shot correctly in any of them. Your finger is over half the photos. There's one that's just the cake. We don't know why you took it. I don't know, guys. It was a great time. Had a good time. Sixty-five bucks an hour, please.